0: Ladies and gentlemen, happy New Year! Boys and girls, children of all ages, you, you are listening to a rad religion broadcasting premier podcast. Damn you, Hollywood! And Yay. here's your host. And here's your host, Robert Winfrey.
1: Yay!
0: You know we need a
2: you need an alternate intro for me for shows like this one. Okay. Because much as I appreciate you riffing on the New Age Outlaws, okay, when we do a show like this, I need you to have some, almost like a Paul Bearer script. (laughs) (laughs) Because, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bury this.
0: (laughs) Just next time. You know what? I wish you had... We spent so much time t- reviewing the movie without the camera on. We should have. <laughs> instead, we should have been planning the gimmick, which was I should have run, run into my bedroom, put on a suit, gotten an urn, and go, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes, my Undertaker. And then you're the like, gong. <laughs> and here's Robert. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh... For like the 10 people who listen to our show who are also wrestling fans, that was really funny. <laughs> Thank
2: you. <laughs> Uh, everyone, I say that so that you all know what you're in for, for on this particular episode. Tonight, we are talking about the 355, which nobody saw.
0: Apart yeah, from nobody. Me. <laughs> nobody saw this. Uh,
2: look, I assume you and your daughter were the only people in your theater.
0: No, um, much Maybe. like... Okay, much, uh, let me refresh. Hang on, much like when I took her to Charlie's Angels, um, this is the kind of movie that does bring out a certain kind of woman. <laughs> and okay. they were there not a lot of them but they were there i
2: i heard the air quotes there too by the way
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> woman <laughs> their pronouns are she they um <laughs> why would you, why would, she you that, why would you take
2: that further than i did Seahawk
0: <laughs> um whatever
2: Oh, don't make me! I'm not gonna say it. I don't yeah, want to get. I, it, I, I don't want to hey, get us in trouble.
0: Can I pay you just like a, like a, a quick compliment, and we're only gonna spend 30 seconds on this? If that, so I'm I'm re-editing the or re-editing. I'm editing the. Um, first of all, I'm editing. Wow, right? Go me. Yeah, so, you? it's a um, fun process. It's tedious, it but it's not bad. It, yeah, it's time-consuming, especially when the product you're editing starts at two hours. Um, but I'm going through the. Well, whole it, part. It,
2: The the truncate silence option being used first and foremost will lop a good 10 to 15 minutes off of that.
0: Sure. Um, I'm editing the four part Daredevil review season Mm -hmm. one that that Gavin did back and I guess it was 2013. And um, so the first one was me and him. Second one's you and Ben and and Gavin. Um, Third one is me, Sean and Gavin. And the fourth one's just you and Gavin. And, you know, the ones with me and Gavin are shorter just because it's just the two of us and I, I don't ramble as much. Um, you and uh, me and Sean, it was easy to cut because I cut most of Sean's stuff for the reasons that are Sean. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you and Gavin, uh, just so much of it was spent on you guys talking about what's next up for Marvel. This is now 2022. We know what's next up for Marvel, it yeah. dies, <laughs> you know, Net- eventually. Marvel on Netflix just bites the bullet after two to three seasons per show. Yeah. Um, So I didn't feel the need to put that in there. I just, I cut anything that was not directly connected to the craft of the show. Anything where Gavin was like, where do you think we'll see the hand next? We know where we see the hand next. I I don't need, we don't need that in the show anymore. So that, so that cut out. But I tell you, the hardest show for me to cut down for time was you and Ben, because you guys actually like answered Gavin's questions were fairly succinct and had interesting things to say so kudos to you for for being on Thank point you. on that show it was it was the hardest and best episode for me to cut
2: we we spent a lot of time talking not only the quality of that episode i mean of course also highlighted by the immaculate almost uh fu- no sorry episode two of that was yeah we talked about a lot about kingpin's introduction yeah and i i love the parallels that that. That show did a very deliberate job of evoking Hannibal Lecter when it came to the Kingpin, and I appreciate that on every level.
0: Yeah, it was a good. It, it, thinking back to it, it's a good listen. You'll have to listen to the to my uh, to my director's cut, and um, you are the studio cut. Studio cut, yeah. <laughs> get rid of this. Get rid of this. <laughs> We're gonna focus focus test this anyway. So yeah, we um, you know, it's funny the evolution of damn you Hollywood. And, and I just want to say this really quickly is you know we if we've talked about this before you know where we used to only focus on stuff there was a few years ago there was no way we were ever going to cover the 355 was you that
2: uh, and look it was a, I would have been happier having not seen the movie now that I have <laughs> seen it but I also appreciate that damn you Hollywood has expanded to be what it is so yeah well, now we thank all, our... we also thank all of you listeners for helping for giving us some of the impetus to do that
0: sure I like um, I like the fact that we've become sort of the weekly. What is the What is the major wide release movie? Let's talk about it. It gets me out of my comfort zone, it gives us something to talk about. Here's the other thing about the three five five. In about thirty days from now, it's going to end up being on Peacock because just because of the nature of theatrical windows
2: now. Look, if I'm any theater chain, I tell them do it after a week. Nobody sure. cares about this thing,
0: <laughs> right? But that's the thing is this will be the sort of thing that people will watch when they don't have to pay extra for it. Like if you've already oh, got Peacock.
2: You know, I'm not even Look, if you've got Peacock at this point, you have it for one thing and one thing only and that's professional wrestling. <laughs> sure. Let's uh, There's no crossover between professional wrestling and the audience <laughs> but, for this show.
0: But, well, Universal Comcast when they have it on their on on their streaming service, well, there'll be advertisements for it. It'll get, you know, they'll do a promoted advertisement on you know, universe on uh Twitter and whatnot. Social and media.
2: I, look, I can't I'm sure that whoever's doing commentary for Monday Night Raw will work it in at some
0: point. Yeah. I get guarantee it's gonna be, you know, Hell in the Cell brought to you by the 355, now available on Peacock. Uh,
2: Hell in the Cell's not until later. I, so it's it, it, I it, thought of. Okay, look. The Royal Rum they will sponsor the Royal Rumble. <laughs> and a big chunk of that will be Someone doing a bad attempted tie-in, like Vince McMahon with the egg from
0: Red, Red Notice. Yeah. Anyway, the whole point is, so we're here doing, this was the wide release of the year. And, you know, this we have talked about. January is always a dead month Pretty for Pretty much. Movies. I mean, this is where the studios kind of release their trash. Um, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't want to If
2: only this. they'd fire Simon Kinberg.
0: <laughs> well, we'll get there. Um we, in the past, we've called it like FU, It's January, um, and the, you know that a lot was, that was like, a thing we did for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and That wasn't only us. Um, so it's a lot of stuff that they don't have a lot of faith in. A lot of stuff that you know they just need to get out there. They got to put something out in January. But it, you know, the holidays have passed. People are going back to work. Kids are back in school. It's not a month that people tend to go to the movies. A couple of years ago, when uh, Movie Pass was a thing. I like proud Mary was a January feature <laughs> you know occasionally you get something like next week we're going to get scream five you know that's a big ip that you know that's a major franchise in theory. in theory uh it's recognizable it's an odd one to release in January but I guess and I was listening to another podcast talk about this January is a good month to release horror movies it like, is like cheaply made horror movies tend to do really well in January because people still go to the movies they just don't go like they did in November and December um, the other thing about the 355 to keep uh, to be aware of is, you know, Spider-Man is still the number one movie in America, uh, the so in the world. You know, it, it has been for about I think it's going on four weeks now. We'll talk about that when we get to the money. So when you have a major release in the month of December that's still going strong, you know, a lot of the January stuff gets pushed to the side. So the 355 didn't have much, look, even if the 355 was like solid. Can you I? Because it was the because it was from the studio that brought you Jason Bourne. I could you I just am... imagine what that meeting was like in marketing? We're like, how do we market this to people? Like, uh, I don't know. Well, who's the director? The guy that did Dark Phoenix. Yikes! Um, <laughs> who's in this? The girl. The girl that's in the the eyes of Tammy Faye and Dark Phoenix. Yikes! Well, what about who else is in this? The girl from Black Panther. He's dead. No, the girl from Black Panther
2: she's a, she's an anti-vaxxer and got fired no the other girl from black panther
0: okay who else is in this you know, wait you
2: mean the, you mean the bald one who was also in the walking dead no the other girl from black panther
0: <laughs> who else is in that well jesus christ is there anybody in this well that one girl who used to was in that movie with tom cruise her isn't she isn't she um no oh, this joke would have been funny if i could remember what his crazy religion is um
2: Scientology.
0: Is, is he a Scientologist? No, not her, Penelope Cruz. Um we can No, do not Tom,
2: No, not Tom Cruise, Penelope Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: This is where we didn't have much of a chance. Um, okay,
2: look, I respect the fact that he's transitioning, but he's still Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hang on. <laughs>
2: do it. I deserve it. Oh, I expected the womp womp. Oh, okay. uh,
1: well, hang
2: on. No, no, no. Uh, you're supposed to save that for later. I'm sure I'll some another stupid one. <laughs> I can use them more than once. They're not missiles. Uh, no, no, you, you kind of get only one each per show. That's
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway, so anyway, anyway, well, here... my bad jokes aside. <laughs> so here we are talking about the three, five, but the, the whole point of even making those jokes was like, when you're down to like, you don't have bankable stars you don't have you don't have this a, is, a this movie director you're all on. you're left with it's the studio that brought you jason Bourne. you know you're in trouble
2: especially when they have to go back to jason Bourne to find yeah. something of the, that is uh anything approximating a touchstone for people this film is chock full of talented people who are not sure. draws yeah no. and that and that's an unfortunate place to be in, in as far as your career goes but it's the truth
0: no, look, look. I I think this is a very talented cast. This is a very, a very sexy cast, very nice cast. The, but Jessica Chastain isn't. First of all, nobody outs besides maybe the Rock at this point is a draw, no matter what project they're in. But, uh, there aren't too many. There aren't too many like a bankable. Count, you've got you know, Hollywood. You've got the you rock. Count on right
2: now. You've got the Rock, and you've got ironic that we're bringing you up now in another context. You've got Tom Cruise, right? Who are um, at, look, Cruz's star power might not be what it used to be, but he's still got a, He He's one of the few people, that, like you mentioned, has some name yeah. value.
0: I mean, the, the sun is setting on Will Smith's bank ability. Um, Fast. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is still a little more picture dependent than it is name dependent. He,
2: Reynolds. How do I say this. Re, Ryan Reynolds is either a giant failed mm-hmm. or a win more button. Right. Yeah. Like either what he does either his contributions help you win more than you would have otherwise but you were already going to win right. like look let's t- take deadpool right i'm not going to pretend that ryan reynolds is not a very good deadpool he might annoy the crap out of me but that's me he is very good in the role deadpool was going to be successful pretty much regardless of who you cast like okay bear in mind I it pretty much like we can't go too off the wall here All right we can't cast Kenneth Brana as Deadpool. OK, <laughs> like, but but within reason, people wanted to see Deadpool. So they were going to so having Ryan Reynolds. There is a bonus more than a necess, more than a necessary feature. Uh, that said, you know, he, I'm with you. He's one of those people who can, in the right circumstance, add value based on his name. That's, right. that, that's true. <clears throat> and there's just and there's just nobody like that in this movie
0: no, I look, everyone loves Jessica Chastain she's great in the eyes of Tammy Faye she did her best job she could in Dark Phoenix she's good in most, everybody in here is good in most of the things that they're in but nobody in here is a draw no matter what the project is they, they have to be in, like Lupita Luongo is, a, is an outstanding actress but you don't go to the theater to see her, you go to the theater to see Black Panther, which she's in yeah. The other thing about this, and that's the director, and this I did, did want to spend a little bit of time on before we got into the plot synopsis. This do
2: we is want, director- hang on. I, I want to ask this. Um, yeah? Because I, How about we do this movie first? We, okay. do, we take this movie on its own terms, and then after we talk about this movie, I get to yell at Simon Kinberg for being okay. a giant pile of fecal matter.
0: Let me tell the people who Simon okay. Kinberg is and then go into the plot synopsis.
2: For those of you who don't know, mm-hmm. This man is the author of all of your pain.
1: You
0: just don't know it. <laughs> so Simon Kenberg is mostly known as a writer and producer. Um, he's only directed two features, and this is one of them. His directorial debut was Dark Phoenix. And for those of you X-Men movie fans, you know what a disaster that was. That you don't even,
2: even have to be an X-Men fan. You just have to not be a child to know what a disaster that thing is.
0: He can best be summed up in, when he writes, as long as he's not the lead writer, if he's writing as part of a project, um, he's not so bad. His most success is in the producing, and just, so, a couple of things, he's been a part of the writing team. Triple X, State of the Union, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, X-Men Last Stand, Jumper, Sherlock Holmes, uh, This Means War, X-Men Days of Future Past, and Fanforestick. Um, so again, not a lot of winners in that group.
2: Stab me in the heart repeatedly. <laughs>
0: uh, he was the producer on the Martian among other things. He was, also...
2: he was, he was one of the producers he on the Martian.
0: Martian. Like True. there's
2: a, there's a billion of them on there.
0: He was a producer for Deadpool. Uh, he was a producer for Logan murder on the Orient express Deadpool two, um, dark Phoenix, new mutants. And then also, so the three five five and dark Phoenix, he actually wrote, directed and produced. And I think when you, when you take that. Them, yeah, it explains a lot, he doesn't can't,
1: it? He can't
2: do. <laughs> he can barely do one of those things okay. on his own. The other two, he is utterly inept at when left without direction.
0: He is credited as the writer, executive producer, and part of the creative team for Star Wars Rebels, which the Star Wars people tell me is very good. Same- I've
2: heard. I've heard Rebels is good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw this out. I think you're correct when you said if he's part of a team, mm-hmm. he can be harnessed in useful ways. Yeah uh rebel look rebels was also kind of godfathered uh like overseen by dave filoni so
0: he was the executive producer on the gifted which your mileage may vary i like the show it sucked. um there you go there's two different per- perspectives and then legion was very good but, and, but again executive producer that was largely think david hall's project um he was writer director executive producer and developer for the twilight zone from 2019 to 2020. And most recently and
2: that look that fell apart real fast, didn't it?
0: Uh, and then most recently he has a show where he's the direct writer, director, executive, producer, and creator for the show Invasion on Apple Plus, which tell flip- you- <laughs> wait, hang on, which is a 47% approval rating. So this guy has somewhat those pictures of somebody with a donkey because I don't understand how he's getting any kind of creative work. Like like, how he walks into a pitch meeting goes, I would like to be the sole creative impetus of Project X, and he's not roundly thrown out a window.
2: The only pitching that needs to be done regarding him is pitching him out the window.
0: <laughs> Hang on.
2: There we go. <laughs> yeah, all right.
0: <laughs> all right, Shecky, get on with the plot synopsis.
2: All right. Stop me if you've heard this plot before, because it's <laughs> very familiar. <laughs> so we are introduced to our MacGuffin, which is a it is the MacGuffin of all MacGuffins. You see, this magic flash drive has the ability to hack anything that is connected to the internet, and things that aren't connected to the internet.
0: Didn't we make, this, did we do this once? Wasn't there also like? Oh, it was like this was the plot of. Um, you said stop me if I've heard this one before. This was the plot of one of the Fast and the Furious movies. The the, the Godhead device. Yep. yep okay, I'm I, sorry. Go on.
2: This was all a very similar plot device was used in one of the Mission Impossible movies. You're right. It was a very again. Stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> but this is highly derivative. <laughs> So that's, and this particular MacGuffin can't only hack anything on the internet. Uh, It can also make planes fall out of the sky because you can clearly impact the mechanical, because your connection to the internet allows them to blow up plane engines somehow. That's a thing that tracks.
0: (laughs) I pressed the blower upper button
2: they really you know, all the buttons on those airplanes you'd think they would take away the self-destruct one right?
0: right i don't why wait why does the one one land fly blow up what's the blow up button for
2: the autopilot <laughs> i expected a bigger reaction out of that i you've seen airplane
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> there, there we go. go. There, <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
2: There's my obscure reference. Connect landing. Uh, some drug cartel, some like drug lord in Colombia's kid developed this thing because, of course, he did, and he's the only one who can make it, and you can't make a copy of it or it deletes itself. Most of those people are violently murdered in a government raid, and someone else trying to buy it. We get a, we get a shootout. The device is stolen by a member of the Colombian uh, paramilitary police that were there. He tries to sell it to various intelligence agencies because he wants to get his family out of Colombia, etc. First of up, we are then introduced to the character of Mace, played by Jessica Chastain, who works for the CIA. She and Bucky Barnes go after Cap's shield. Sorry, wrong movie. (laughs) But oddly enough, still close like that's God. this is so derivative. Anyway, she Sebastian uh, Stan. they decide to go buy, buy this guy off. He wants three million bucks. They're going to give him three million bucks. They're going to get the device. Their retrieval is compromised by Dan Krieger uh, playing the character of Marie. There's a chase. There's a bit of a shootout, theoretically. Uh, Bucky is killed, but much like Bucky Barnes, he's not actually dead yet, and he will come back later as a heel. (laughs) And then turn babyface in the sequel, but there's no sequel.
0: Tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) Just in my head, I'm like, you know, five minutes now. Variety reports, uh, NBC NBC, Universal, Comcast, Pornhub is is developing a series based on the 355 movie.
2: I'm sure some streaming service somewhere wants it. Yeah. Um, anyway. So that's compromised. The device winds up with Faceless Goon number one. Uh, in order to... Uh, by the way, they have now gone from... Sorry. They They left the jungles of Colombia for Paris. Why? Because travel log. Uh, Jessica Chastain decides she needs help. She contacts her friend... Uh, Dej? Dej? Yeah. Something like that. Sure. Going with Dej, uh, who is played by Lupita. I can never pronounce your last name properly. Luanga, uh, thank you. One of the few times you can know how to pronounce the last name and I don't. But... Lupita Nyongo. That's how Lupita actually... Nyongo. Okay. Yeah. So she goes to contact her and get her help. She's been retired and doesn't want to be out, but she's dragged back in because she's the tech expert. Meanwhile, we discover that. Marie is the lone wolf with the bad attitude who doesn't play well with others. Stop me if you've heard this before. Mm. Uh, so they try to regroup and recapture the device. Around this time, Penelope Cruz shows up. She's the innocent psychologist who works for the Colombian government and was set to sent to kind of evaluate and try to talk down the, uh, their man who still has the device. Uh, she more or less does, but she's our fish out of water for this particular movie. As they're trying to get uh, the device back to Columbia, am- uh, their group is ambushed. Marie and Jessica Chastain come to blows again. There's a terrible, terrible chase and shootout sequence. Uh, everyone winds up in a hotel room to get in a safe house together, and we all decide that we're going to work together because plot. Uh, they're able to track down there's an actual reason, but it's so stupid. I'm not going to dignify it by, by discussing it here. So all four of them decide to, uh, they decide to track this thing down. And where is it now? What exotic location are we going to now, Mark? We've got, we've seen a bit, we've seen bits of what, of the United States. We've seen bits of Colombia. We've seen Paris. We've seen the United Kingdom. What's next on our travel
0: log? We will, don't we have to go to China next?
2: Well, no, next, because no, there's a specific order that this is done in. Okay. And this, and this is true of every crappy movie like this that makes a travel log out of it. We start somewhere in the Western Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. We go to Europe. We go to North Africa. In this case, Marrakesh. Then we go to the Far East.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry, I skipped Africa.
2: Yeah, you, you, you did. You racist. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they go to Marrakesh. They where there's another chase and shootout and stabbing and theoretical action sequences. The device is eventually... Uh, they recover the device here, but because this is a crappy spy movie, they've been double-crossed uh, by both Bucky and Bucky's Superior, who are working for Gnarly British Man, whose name is mentioned once on screen, but hey, it's not like your villain should have a screen presence or anything, right? uh the devices then
0: worked just fine for rami malek in uh, no time to die
2: did it (laughs) did it uh the device is stolen by our fifth member of this uh little quintet whose name i can't remember her character name is mentioned once and she's the chinese actress uh all right
0: so let, let's stop there. I, I, I want
2: you to try <laughs> i want you to try i really do
0: okay so where is she okay fan bing bing as mss agent lin mi shang
2: okay so we'll go with lin
0: okay cool so lin steals it and kills
2: one of the one of the heads one of the heads up in the cia a lot of shooting very little blood in this movie i i will yell about that as a matter of craft in a minute uh, she then decides to, her government, the Chinese government, decides basically to stage an auction for this thing as a method of drawing out the criminal underworld to try and gather more information and maybe go on a bit of a fishing expedition. So we get our glamour sequence where all the ladies get to dress up in all the pretty outfits. Uh, here we discover that Bucky's alive after a faux death sequence. And if you believed that, that he was dead in that scene, you must think professional wrestling is a shoot. Like
0: or that's you're a small child
2: who thinks professional wrestling is a shoot.
0: Fair enough. <laughs>
2: like that's that's <laughs> it, man. Like you have to be utterly, utterly unexperienced or brain damaged to have believed that. <laughs> uh, anyway, he he's again he's gone rogue. He wants the money because he's set to make a lot of money. Uh, they sell the device. Our heroes then try to track it they get ambushed by lynn who explains what's actually going on right around this time bucky shows back up with an assault force violently murders um lupita's uh, boyfriend lynn's father and uh the director of the german intelligence agency that's a surrogate father for marie and then before he executes Penelope Cruz's wife, uh, not wife, Penelope Cruz's husband, I'm surprised there wasn't a wife in this, but I imagine the sequel. Uh, before she, before her, her husband and two small children are executed, because we still want to appeal to the young girls in the audience, I assume. Uh, they give him the device. He grabs Lynn for plot reasons and plot reasons only. Uh, by which I mean, the plot wants Lynn there. There's no actual in-world reason for her to be there. <laughs> this all, le- But she's able to sneak in a camera in her glasses that lets the others know where they're being held in the upper realms of a hotel. We get our final action set piece of this bloated, terrible mess. <laughs> uh, ultimately, and I don't... The only smart thing any of these characters do in this entire mess is in the final act when Dej gets a hold of this of this drive and immediately destroys it. <laughs> like, thank you. Why didn't someone do this earlier? There was no, there was no reason for this not... Okay, but... Uh, so we then... Deal with the aftermath of this. We flash forward a couple of months. Bucky's been promoted in the CIA. All of our heroines are on the run, but they ambush and incapacitate Bucky. Some, We're not sure if he's going to die or be locked up in a Siberian prison for the rest of his life. Well, it can't be Siberian because we don't actually have a Russian on this team yet. Look, Look, in three episodes deep into this, if this becomes a franchise, our third movie, they're just the UN. <laughs> they've taken over for the Security Council that's all this is uh, they all go they all go their separate ways still more or less in hiding but with a somewhat unspoken understanding that when the world needs them when you need them if you know how to find them you too can assemble the <laughs> A-team
0: how will we get them back together when we need them they'll come
2: Mark I hate this movie I know I viscerally
0: hate okay this movie. This is not a good movie, and that's me saying this, but uh, it, um, let me say something, let me give it a compliment sandwich here. Um, Don't
2: do it. Don't, don't, don't do it.
0: (laughs) This is definitely one of those movies where if you're, like, super casual, super passive, or a child, it is fun, if you have no discernible taste, (laughs) uh, (laughs) if it wasn't for bad taste, you'd have no taste at all. Uh, and you are a young girl or you are a modern feminist woman and you want to see yourself on screen or your projection of what you could be and what you might be on screen, you want to see someone that looks like you doing hero shit. Oh, don't. I, this is still a bad movie. Okay. But, but I'm not... I'm not that, let me finish my sentence. Okay. If for, you want uh, to see yourself win. up on screen, this serves that master fairly well. You know, there are some the end the end sequence you get to see Jessica Chastain and um I think Diane Kruger's her name. Um yeah, Diane yeah. Kruger. Yeah. Diane Kruger and Jessica Chastain through through the course of the whole movie do some pretty cool action stuff. It's not in any way stylized, it's not particularly competent. But again, if you're not somebody who's pays attention to that sort of thing and you just you more know more
2: susceptible to epilepsy.
0: <laughs> well, that's a problem with the, with the direction cinematography in this, but um, if, you know, again, if you just want to see girls doing cool punchy action stuff, there's there's something there for you. Uh, I, I do want to say this. There are, and, and because I know what some of the, when we get to the Rotten Tomatoes part, I know what some of the reactions are going to be. Oh, isn't it nice to have a penis? No, isn't it nice? to? <laughs> Sometimes. Isn't it ni- isn't it nice to see girls doing the stuff that's usually relegated no. for guys? Hang on. And I'm going to say that just because you took Matt Damon out and you put Jessica Chastain in, does not make your movie good? You don't get a pass for making a bad movie just because you gender swapped, you know, the, the traditional lead action role. There are, and by the same token, there are like a zillion born type uh, Jack Reacher type, uh, Mission Impossible type action movie. Isn't
2: there a Jack Reacher reboot uh, or a television series that's out? Yeah,
0: there's a Jack Reacher television series coming out on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, but they, there are a zillion uh, male led action movies that come out per year. And yep. most of them are not great. It's, and we well, say they're not great.
2: I mean, also, to be fair, there's currently a male led action movie that
0: is eating this thing's lunch and it's been out for four weeks. Well, I mean, of this particular, (laughs) very particular type of like the spy action, you know, genre. Uh, My my point being that Robert and I, especially, and I'm sure plenty of other reviewers out there, we'll tell you when an action movie is bad. We don't like, you know, artificially inflate an action movie, uh, you know, spy movie, just because you have a male lead. If it sucks, it sucks. If it's got Gerard Butler in it and he's, you know, just screwing the pooch, we'll tell you that. And I'm not going to treat this movie like a porcelain doll or a Fabergé egg just because it's Jessica Chastain and not Gerard Butler. It sucked. It was boring. We said, I, I mean, it, look, and I mean, should. objectively boring. Once again, really not was. in the, not, not in the. It was too intellectual for my pea brain sense. I mean, it was not a lot happening from one scene to the next, and what was almost happening nothing was hardly ever readable. And it's so funny because like a lot of the choice of it was almost like if simon kinberg was like oh what kind of action movie would women like when you're when when you directing style and script writing begins with what do the girls want instead of just what do people like in an action movie if you're starting your action movie with what do girls like everything emanating out of that poison well is is going to fail You start your action movie with like what do people like in action movies? Because by and large, people who like action movies, both men and women, like the same stuff. This is I I do not understand
2: the logic behind this is a movie for women. This is a movie for men. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you can't uh gotta be careful why I phrase this. I'm not saying men and women are identical. They're not. I am saying that when you break down fans of X genre. Subdividing them at that point is a fruitless endeavor. Yeah. You want fans of action movies. There's men and there's women and they are both. You have plenty of both that are fans of action movies.
0: Okay, I'll give you an example of this. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill appeal appeals to everybody on the Rattles and Broadcasting Network. Henry all... look, Henry Cavill
2: appeal appeals to everyone on the planet. Henry Cavill's yeah, no kidding. awesome.
0: So, but just as an example, like my wife would not go see a Mission Impossible movie unless I dragged her. But she somehow came upon Henry Cavill and his nerdiness and was like, Did you know that Henry Cavill plays Warhammer and this and that? I'm like, Yes, Melissa, we've all yes. talked about this. We reviewed it. But, <laughs> but She she made a point to be like like she just discovered the greatness of Henry Cavill and she's like, oh, and by the way, he's on my short list now of pretty, very pretty men. And I was like, oh, if you want to see Henry Cavill doing cool shit and looking pretty. And then I showed her the Mission Impossible bathroom fight scene. And she was like, oh, you know, when it was over, (laughs) just fanning herself. She had to go to bed very shortly after Uh, (laughs) by herself. I was not included in this activity. Um, you're gonna get yourself in you to get yourself hit in the shoulder again. <laughs> Probably, I'm talking about my wife's charcuterie and all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, it's it's not like they had to dre- They had to do something specific for Henry Gavel for him to appeal to women. He just naturally appealed to someone like my wife. And someone like Pat Mullen, like Pat Mullen and and, and Melissa Rattledge are not the same person by a long stretch, but they are, they both like Henry Cavill because Henry Cavill is appealing and there's no point in changing him to try to meet a certain demographic or a certain gender or whatever, because that's not going to work. You take away what's naturally appealing about the guy and that in rounding that back to the three, five, five, if they had focused on trying to make a competent, like, international spy movie like there's the look one of the reasons why i wanted to see this and and take my daughter to it and talk about it was there was the bones of a good idea here what if a a varying group of international spies had to get together to take down a big bad okay i've heard worse premises okay i can't believe i can't believe how bad this turned out to be like this was far worse than i than i thought it was going to be
2: yeah for those of you who don't know um mark saw this before I did. And Mark came out of it and immediately messaged me. (laughs) He said, this is so dumb it should be studied. Now, that's Mark. I didn't pay him enough heed when he said that to try and adapt his take on this to me. Then I saw it and I immediately said, Mark, I should have listened to you. I should have heeded your warning. Uh, I mean, another bit about, like, how the sausage is made here. Um, Mark's pitch for the 355 was just, eh, it's something. And I, I had seen the trailer, I think, by the time he kind of mentioned it's, it might be here, and I went, you know what, sure. Part of my logic being, part of it, one of these stupid movies is going to, one of these stupid attempts at making, be clear about this, this attempt is stupid, not the idea that it's attempting but one of these attempts to make a female led action franchise is going to be successful one well, of them having
0: it f- f- first been a comic book because again wonder woman did fine wonder woman was great the first wonder woman hang on wonder woman d- did between 7 and 800 million no. it no, 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 was I, generally loved
2: i'm i'm not disputing that okay i'm saying black widow also bombed
0: okay yeah, it so, certainly did, Ollie. I don't know what your point is.
2: My point is that coming out of a being based on a comic book is less of a bankable guarantee for some of these oh, movies than you I might thought, think. That,
0: that wasn't what I was trying to say. What I what I well, all I was putting out there was was piggybacking on your point of someday okay. someone's going to figure out how to. Okay, here's a bet. Here's another example. The tomb, the first Tomb Raider movie was was done really, really well and generally well liked. Yeah, I mean, like it may have been dumb as a brick, but yeah. they, it did well enough that they greenlit a sequel, and the sequel isn't nearly as good as the first one. And I don't know, barely especially. sure what happened after that. But I mean,
2: yeah. look, after that it died until they tried to reboot it a few years ago, and that fell flat on its face.
0: Yeah, it did. Even though they're, they're still they still greenlit a sequel anyway because
2: allegedly, know. allegedly, <laughs> I, I, like th- that's like saying they allegedly said, "Hey, make a Gambit movie." Like, okay, I'm not saying I'm not saying that at some point along the way there wasn't people saying yes i'm saying it never got to a point where i believe it's actually going to get made
0: so here's the thing like it's not like they haven't they don't try they tried to make basically the female punisher in the one movie with jennifer garner that didn't terrible work. um they tried to do another one with uh they tried to do a couple with scarlett johansson banking on her marvel fame none of them have worked i, I think one of them was salt that didn't work
2: salt started hang on
0: salt starred angelina jolie Okay, so what's the one I'm thinking of with? Uh, there was one they did with Scarlett Johansson.
2: Well, she was the lead in the Ghost in the Shell adaptation,
0: which bombed. the time. Anyway, they every you know every once in a while they 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 try this and, and 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 it's the Elizabeth Banks argument, like with Charlie's Angels, as just as an example. That was the one where she she directed it. It was a big passion project for her, and she threw a big fit because nobody saw it, and and, every, I, and the people who did see it said it sucked. And that's the thing. It's like, make, focus on, they don't do this with men. You know, with men, it's like, we just want to make a good action movie. They don't, other than The Expendables, which was very much like, what do the boys (laughs) like? Let's just do that. The
2: Expendables (laughs) was deliberately aimed at a a specific group of people. Yeah, that was
0: definitely the, what does boys like movie? What, uh, (laughs) Sylvester Stallone just dancing around. I know what boys like. I know what guys want. Boom. Um, (laughs) Please. Mark, (laughs) you can't make jokes
2: about Sylvester Stallone singing because you haven't seen rhinestone cowboy. Fair enough. Um, I've
0: heard that man try to sing. It haunts my dreams. Anyway. Um, there is room in this world for a female led action movie that will appeal to, you know, all four quadrants, men, women, children, dogs, cats. I mean,
2: look, you mentioned, you mentioned salt. I rather like salt. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it falls apart in the third act, but, and I think that's part of the reason it didn't quite take off as much as it should have, but I rather enjoyed the film. It's not a
0: bad right. movie. So, it, so I think it's, you know, it's, it's low hanging fruit and it's easy to, you know, just say, oh, men won't accept female led action, you know, heroes, unless, you know, unless it's a comic book. Well, there were, there are examples on both sides that, uh, that show you that's not the case men you know men and women will, will go see movies that are look if you make a competent movie um you know and you put enough marketing behind it people will go they you know there isn't Lucy's lucy is what i was thinking of jesus i, I was confusing mm. lucy and salt okay um, yeah, yeah people will go if you put it out that outfit. ends the with
2: hop- her ascending to a higher plane of
0: consciousness and basically becoming god that's how stupid that movie is so some so writing this back to the 355 355 had all the opportunities in the world to be awesome and and get an audience and then you just then they decided that simon
2: kinberg had to be involved well
0: this was simon kinberg's project and i think look you know after i'm gonna i'm gonna sort of wind this into talking about simon kinberg because i don't know how much more to say about this movie i don't know ways can we say it sucked i know you you want to dissect it so hang on let me say this and then i'm gonna just kind of just defer to you because i don't have a whole lot left to say okay um and that is you you gave him dark phoenix and dark phoenix is right smack in the middle of the fox purchase by disney it's not really fair you know that thing was mired by studio notes and changes in ownership of studios and all kinds of you know what
2: no he doesn't get a pass for that and and i'll tell you why one very do it in 50 words
0: or less because i was going somewhere
2: sure because he also wrote X-3, X-Men The Last Stand.
0: Okay. I'm going to give him a pass and just say, maybe there was something better there at one point, but the whole thing went foobar. So-
2: Well, so- allegedly the whole thing went foobar because the the entire end sequence involved Jean Grey starting to glow, <laughs> becoming one with the Phoenix Force, flying into outer space and blowing up a series of invading alien ships. And if that sounds like the ending of Captain Marvel, that's why they changed it. <laughs>
0: okay. My point being if you're simon kinberg and you're like i've been a producer for all this time but i really want to direct that's what they all say in hollywood i just i really want to direct you know i've been in porn for a while but i really want to direct true story by the way um i'm I'm sure
2: (laughs) i don't Um, say that sarcastically i have no doubt
0: (laughs) that was a literal conversation i was privy to it's like i did porn for a really long time but now i just want to direct
2: look i i want to be the one yelling at other people (laughs) instead of being yelled at is this that hard
0: anyway um, so this is David Kim, more than anything else. This is David Kimberg's like, Simon. um, hmm?
2: David or Simon Kinberg. Simon,
0: I keep saying David, Simon okay. Kinberg's like, uh, audition, I couldn't think of the word audition for more writer director opportunities. And he, and this was like fumbled into the street and run over by a car. It's not good anymore, Homer. Then it was- look, the turkey is dead then it was shot. <laughs> Look, it, this this fumbled into the
2: street. It got run over by a car, got run over by another car. <laughs> a passerby walked up, saw that it was there and suffering and shot it in the head.
0: Yeah. So like if, th- if this is his sort of like demo reel, his audition tape to go into other studios and say, hey, I want to be a writer, director, producer. I have all these producing credits. I have a lot of writing credits. I want to, you know, this is what I directed. No one's going to let him anywhere near another project. Uh, with that level of freedom and creativity. This was a failure in every conceivable way. And they knew it was going to be a failure because if they had any hopes if there was any hopes that this thing was going to resonate with audiences, they wouldn't have released it in January two weeks after Spider-Man. What, not, what lunatic thought that was a good idea. They knew this thing was going to bomb. They figured well, we made it. I, You know what's crazy? So Last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm just going to defer to you to finish with the craft review, and then we'll move on. They recently announced that "Marry Me," starring Owen Wilson, shut up, Robert, and uh, Jennifer Lopez, wow, was, <laughs> was going to be, uh, I think either it's either a simultaneous yeah, it's a simultaneous release day and date on Peacock and in theaters. So I finally saw the trailer
2: for that ahead of this movie, which I want to tell you about who they thought was going to see this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and my point is like. How do you make the decision that this doesn't do day and date but marry me does when marry me is a being released on like Valentine's Day or Valentine's Day weekend? Yeah, and yeah it has a greater not. success, greater chance of success of actually making money at the box office. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what dog is in cu- currently in charge of Universal Studios that makes its decisions by like eating out of different bowls. That's a joke, look, by the way, from Billionaire Island.
2: Look, um, look, look, look. The dog that's currently in charge of Universal is still in charge of Universal just because everyone's looking at the meth head that is in charge <laughs> of Warner Brothers.
0: <laughs> it's like, well, well, we have a dog that eats out of different bowls that makes its look, decisions, we, but we've, at we've least got... on meth.
2: We've got this dog. It's an intelligent dog. And, you know, we we put scripts in front of it. It sniffs at one and then put it puts its paw on one. And that's the one that gets made. And, you know, it's a good dog. And and it's not the worst system in the world. And in a sane world, everyone would look at this and go, you're idiots. But (laughs) next door under the water tower is the president of WB. Skinny, hollowed out eyes, yellow teeth, desperately trying to score a hit. And not just in this, not just a movie hit, this guy needs, needs to get well. He needs to not be sick anymore. (laughs) And, and they're doing the stupid things they're doing over there. So no one cares about the mismanagement here because of the, you know, what's the, uh, what's the joke? Um, What's the line that came out? Uh, If you want to kill someone and have no one ask why you killed them, shoot them when they're standing next to the president.
0: You know what's funny to me? It's like we sit here and we're like, clearly there's a dog eating out of different dog bowls that's making decisions at Universal. Clearly there's like a crackhead running Warner Brothers that's just strung out and gone crazy and just not making any kind of sense. Disney's fine. Disney doesn't make utterly incompetent decisions. And And then there's the guy at Sony who, who, who Hold died. On. The guy hang on. the guy at Sony is essentially Phil Ensemble, who died from a drug overdose, got brought back to life, jumped back on stage, and started singing Pantera songs. And those Pantera songs are Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, at this point, I'm pretty sure Sony is weekend at Bernie's. He's <laughs> carrying around a dead guy. And they're just waiting for Disney to buy them out. <laughs> well, what's well? Have you know? Have you heard like the cognitive dissonance coming out of Sony, where like, like, oh, you know, first of all, that you were, we talked about this earlier, where when when you're down to where you're where the studio that brought you Jason Bourne, you've run out of marketing ideas. So we were talking about this with Morbius, you know, from the studio that brought you Venom and Spider Man No Way Home. So, please, Sony, stop taking credit for Spider Man No Way Home. Boy, that's like the kid cop- copying the smart kid in class. You know, and then, you know, because the smart kid got 100, you got 100, too. And then you running around bragging about the 100 you stole off the smart kid. Just stop, Sony. Could we please not have that level of cognitive dissonance? All right. So in the last, like, 10 minutes, go ahead and do the craft review. Finish the craft review. and Let's get out of here. Here's the thing about the 355.
2: I was prepared to say it's a stupid movie. Like, like, before I saw it, I knew it was going to be stupid. Sure. Partially because Mark said, hey, by the way, this is really stupid. (laughs) And if Mark says something stupid, it's it, like, I don't mean to insult Mark, but if something is,
0: I have a higher degree, I have a higher do. degree of acceptance You really than do. Robert does. And and then that's just been the history of the show Yeah, is especially listening back to our two, 2015, 2016 years where there was like, not, not to pick this wound, but like Ghostbusters 2016, Ant-Man and the Wasp, there was a lot of sort of average fare. And I was like, this is inoffensive. This doesn't bother me. I don't understand what, I mean, I know why you hate it, but like, I don't understand, like I don't understand in general, why people don't like this. This was a perfectly fine movie. And then there's Robert, like sticking pins in a voodoo doll. Um, I couldn't even, I couldn't even get to like Ghostbusters answer the call on Ant-Man and the Wasp levels of appreciation for this. This was trash.
2: So I, I was prepared to accept that this is a stupid movie. I was prepared to accept the stupid leaps in logic because nobody makes the effort to write a quasi-believable or coherent espionage movie these days. And this isn't even really an espionage film. It's an action film masquerading as one. I I was prepared to do all of that. Then I saw it. And I need you all to understand, if you haven't seen this, and you probably haven't, how incompetently this film is made. And I don't just mean the story. The story is bad. But bad stories have been elevated in the past. The acting is... These are all talented actresses. That needs to be said. Uh, Both Jessica Chastain uh, and Penelope Cruz have been nominated for Oscars. I think Chastain might have won one. Uh, I'd have to double check, but I think she won Best Supporting Actress for The Help. Uh, Kruger might have been nominated at one point or another. I'd have to double check. Um, they're all talented, talented women. But the characters are so badly written. They're as flat. as uh, I mean, I, they're not even one note. They're half note. And that's a real problem. They do their... the Every actress here does... I don't think anyone showed up just to do a paycheck and pulled a Marlon Brando, Right? they they at least put forth a good faith effort. And I, that deserves to be acknowledged. But this is shot incompetently. Every action sequence is cut to hell. And I think that's because of who we're dealing with here in terms of who they were putting in front of the camera. Jessica Chastain, God bless her, that woman can't throw a punch. And when you're supposed to be the heavy of these characters, it's kind of important that you're able to believably throw a punch, and she can't
0: wondering how much thought was actually put into that and here's what i mean like i'm wondering if there was anyone on set that was like we're we're making an action movie we made the, we you know if nothing else the the big leg of this stool needs to be good looking action and that includes hand-to-hand combat and somebody else went no it's an action movie nobody's going to care as long as punches are being thrown it doesn't really matter how they look and they're just being sort of like a Somebody had to lose that fight. Obviously, the person who thought it does matter lost.
2: So there's that. I mean, Diane Kruger at least knows how to throw a punch. So I want to give her some credit for that. But the action sequence in this, I think because you're dealing with people who are not really all that physically qualified to do action in the way that their characters are required to do action, you get a lot of cuts between shots where you can't see their faces And shots where you can't see their lower half. This is a real obvious trick about whether or not the actor or a stunt double is doing the sequence. Uh, Very, very obvious. It's a big giveaway. So the end result of all this cutting leaves the action unreadable. It's difficult to follow. And even for unbelievable fight sequences, these are unbelievable. And that's not a good thing in this case. Uh, I broke up laughing. I'm the only guy in the. I'm the only person in this theater when I saw this movie, right? Literally just me. There's a sequence where I believe it's the sequence in. Is it the sequence in Marrakesh? No, it's, um, it's the second Paris sequence, I think and it ends with all three of them firing handguns at the boat as one of the guys drives away with the with the uh, the macguffin, right? I don't know why Simon Kinberg decided this was the sequence to use a bit of slow-mo on. But there's a few things you can see as you watch this scene. The muzzle flashes do not line up with the recoil of the guns. <laughs> Which means they're not firing real guns. They're firing, you know, airsoft, probably. Like, they're not even firing blanks. And you then, when you do this, and there's plenty of reasons to do this, I mean, safety is a very real concern.
0: Obviously, given what's happened recently.
2: Uh, I, yeah, I'm not saying everyone needs to be carrying, you know, live-fire ammunition. That's stupid, and that, that's insane. There's plenty of, but if you're doing this sequence, one, you could maybe actually just shoot blanks. Two, if you want to go with the airsoft actors have to mime it out, you then have to be very careful in post-production about editing, you know, know, about CG, about affecting in the muzzle flare. Otherwise, it looks stupid like this. And it doesn't help that you can see Jessica Chastain. There's no, you don't pick this up in the audio, but she's saying bang every time she shoots the gun.
1: <laughs>
0: wow. And you would think as a director, you'd stop that. Please stop singing bang, Jessica. This isn't, would, this isn't a cartoon. You would think. <laughs> and yet, there it is. There's a
2: sequence where when she goes to recruit Dij where she meets up with her and her uh, boyfriend and for some reason when they come to when they're standing in the middle of a square right well like outside of this presentation she was giving i forget where they were exactly supposed to be in england but it's like a nice you know green between buildings kind of a college campus kind of thing and the camera starts rotating around them big circular shot why <laughs> please tell me why you did this what were you what were you trying to do what's the point of this I, there's a re, there's a line from battlefield from the one of the scathing reviews of battlefield earth i believe this is roger ebert who said uh it's clear that the director has learned from better directors that it's okay to tilt the camera he has not unfortunately learned why to tilt the camera <laughs> there's there's no reason for that sequence to be shot that way absolutely
0: none you know you say that you know what this kind of reminds me of that the one studio by the israelis that did like superman 4 and masters of the universe um <clears throat> and like their approach to pictures was this very very elementary understanding of film and it was almost like well that's popular you know, it's like a, it was like a less talented Roger Corman. So like Simon Kimberg kind of reminds me of the person who's watched a lot of movies and he's worked on a lot of movies and he's seen really great artists do some really great things and is just like, I'm going to do what I saw the greats do but not understand why they were doing any of those things and what sequence they were doing them. He's just doing poor mimicry.
2: And sadly, he's mostly mimicking Michael Bay.
0: Yeah, well, look, in, in, in defense of that, that idea michael bay's been wildly successful at doing this you may not like him he might not appeal to you but boy but besides sylvester stallone michael bay also dances naked around his house going i know what boys like i know what guys want and he's right
2: we're gonna see look when the ambulance bombs we can revisit that discussion but
0: it's a, a little less of what boys like and guys want but sure
2: uh your entire finale sequence here in this film Is a mess. Nothing has any sense of place. Everything, it's all, look, like every other action sequence in this movie, it's cut to hell, Mm -hmm. which complicates things anyway. It's exacerbated by you having, it is just individual sequences of people walking through an allegedly lavish hotel room, shooting at each other. There's no sense of motion, by which I mean deliberate motion. People are running. There's no sense of space. There's no sense of position within the environment. It's beyond, it's not even mindless. It's dumber than mindless.
0: Yeah, this movie does not lend itself to any kind of critical examination. And what I mean by that is, it, it, it's. I can hear some of our fellow podcasters listening to our review, going back and watching this movie when it, when it inevitably ends up on Peacock, and going, I thought it was fine because it doesn't really lend itself to any kind of critical examination it's just supposed to be like the way you're describing it in my head i'm going but you're not supposed to think about any of these things and i'm not defending the movie i'm not this is this is a garbage movie it was poorly made there's all kinds of problems with it it's saving grace is that it's got a great cast who does the best they can with the material but i am but i'm thinking about like you're doing critical analysis, you know, scene examination of an action sequence, and everything you're saying is right. But now I, I, I put it to you: How many people pay close attention when a movie is moving as rapidly as this one, as is using as many cuts as this one does? the The deliberate act of cutting a movie the way this one is cut is to fool the audience into thinking a lot of really fun and interesting things are happening when there really isn't. Yep. They shot that watch the dailies of it went yikes how do we make this look like i'm going to use your phrase here how do we turn this really really flat awful looking action sequence that we shot and spent money on into jingling keys and that's what they did they you know
2: and and your answer is to try and give the audience epilepsy
0: right correct
2: Maybe if they're li- maybe if they literally have to avert their eyes from the screen they won't <laughs> notice how bad a job we did.
0: Well, well think about like the amount of time and energy it takes to process any given image. You're flashing the images so by b- by so quickly that your brain doesn't have time to focus on anything. You won't realize how bad the scene is.
2: Yeah, I mean look there's a... That's, uh... that's magic baby. Look, there's a there's a really nice video essay that was uh, about Michael Bay and about how terrible his editing is. And mm-hmm. it is. But the impetus for this uh, YouTuber's essay was someone remind someone told him, yeah, you remember that scene in Transformers when Bumblebee pees on John Turturro? <laughs> and he went, that didn't happen. And okay. and of course, it did happen. It's in the movie. Right. I, I remember that. But his so he rewatched the film like there was this argument like that didn't happen. So he rewatched the movie and of course it happens. And he then went on. He then had to stop and think, why didn't I remember this? Because you would think logically it's a thing that happened on screen. Time was devoted to it. It's supposed to be a gag. You ever been in a car accident? Well, hang on. The, mm-hmm. the the re, the point this guy arrived at is the way Michael Bay shoots his – edits together his films, nothing's in the center of them, and everything's cut very rapidly. So you can't follow it, so your brain tries to to discard it.
0: Right. Let's just say, like, if you've ever been like in a car accident or something, everything is happening so fast, it's hard to then go back and think about the sequence in which things are happening, especially if you weren't focused on it to begin with. You know, the thing about having an accident in it is it comes out of nowhere, generally speaking. You have very little or almost no uh, opportunity to react and do something differently. You're driving, you're driving, you're driving, and suddenly your world is upside down. And so when the cop is like, can you tell me everything that happened from as far back as you can remember it? And people have extraordinarily poor recall because it all happened so fast. Yeah, That is a movie technique. That is a technique in directing and editing in movies to where if we, you know, George Lucas got criticized for this, too, where you jammed enough stuff into the frame and move there at such a rapid pace, you could fool people into thinking they're watching an action-packed scene that makes any kind of degree of sense.
2: Well, I mean, the original Star Wars film is entirely saved by the editing. It has nothing to do with George Lucas and everything to do with his wife at the time.
0: No, I was thinking of The Phantom Menace.
2: (laughs) That, too. (laughs) Uh, For different reasons, obviously. Um, So there's that. Here's my other gripe. Your big speech from Jessica Chastain to Bucky Barnes at the end of this thing, course, <laughs> Sebastian Stan, where she says, You know, I guess you were right, it's nice for a man to you every, <laughs> when he says that, when she says stuff <laughs> like that.
0: Hang on, say that line again because I he because when she said when she says what she says to him, I'm gonna let you say it so I don't massacre the line, but I like rip snort laughed at that. I was a guff loudly guffawing to the point where my daughter looked at me. She's like, I don't understand what's so funny. And I'm like, you will in a few years.
2: Yeah, She says something to the effect of, "Yeah, I guess you were right. It's nice for a girl to have a man there to explain
0: things to her. (laughs) I died. I mean, I I understand you're trying to virtue signal and, you know, and make this for a certain segment of people, but come on, like that, that was high in the face. If you want to use that line, one, it's stupid.
2: Two, there's that's not supported by the film. No. At no point, this is the key here, at no point does the character that uh, Sebastian Stan plays, his name was Nick, so I'll call, I'll call him Nick for the sake of argument. At no point is he dismissive condescending or misogynistic at no point he is allegedly in love with jessica chastain and there's a bit of a quasi love triangle but he betrays her for money uh, stop me if you've heard that one before in a spy not in a spy movie but like he never demeans or dismisses or is insulting to her at all at all like if you want to have your big female empowerment moment where she tells off the jerk, he kind of has to be a jerk in that very specific way. Like, them taking him down is deserved by because of his actions. Because he opposed them, was doing the wrong thing, and had some of their loved ones killed. Like, he's a bad guy. This is not me defending him. This is me saying if you're going to try and lay the charges at his feet... He should be guilty of them. He is not any of the things that she yells at him in the fight. Like, that has to be a terrible studio note. Like, we need the big female empowerment speech. Well, it doesn't make sense for her to give it to this character. He's not at all been anything like that.
0: Well, it's also assuming your audience is dumb and is just going to, you know, cheer a line apropos of nothing. So, that, 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 oh, you, know. you can't,
2: you can't set me up like that.
0: <laughs> and was,
2: because, because my next line, you have to understand this, Mark. You know what I'm going to say. So, I assume your daughter
0: stood up and cheered. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the line got past her. I don't, because she, cause she legitimately was like, I don't understand what you're laughing at. Like, and, and so we really like, because bro- that, because that line has to be meta satire. Like that's all it can be. Yeah. No. Well, that's the thing is that it was said in earnest, but it was supposed to be like one of those like, ha ha point at the man and laugh moments. Like that, that is a, you have a small penis line and, and it's meant for girls to stand up and cheer, but it didn't even get an, it didn't get a reaction of anyone in the audience except me who laughed at how like ham fisted and on the nose it was. This movie,
2: this is the last thing I'm going to say about the craft. Then we have to talk about Kinberg as an individual. This is an incompetently made movie. Mm-hmm. It is the most damning indictment I can give it. There's, it is, there are choices made in the direction of this thing that are indefensible. That are asinine. That are backwards. It is badly written. It is badly shot. It is badly choreographed. It is badly edited. There is nothing good I can say about any part of this film.
0: They don't even give you like a good hero moment at the end. You know, like you jokingly nope. called him, the, did the 18 bit, right? They don't even do that. They literally like, they poison Sebastian Stan. Then at, like, le-
2: at least the 18 movie had the good sense to end with them going, you know, I love it when a plan comes together and then we right. get the intro to the television show.
0: That's the thing. It's like. So they all, so they poison Sebastian Stan. Then they all go like, "All right, I've got shit to do," and they all walk off separately. And then you think you're going to get a moment between Jessica Chastain and, and Diane Kruger, and they're like, "Do you, It's so funny. It's like, "Do you want to get a drink?" No, me, me neither. Either. And they walk away like, so i see- This is like an anti-ending. So
2: I'll. So uh, what was the line like? I'll see you later, or yeah. something like that. And no, uh, like the ending of this is so designed to be bad sequel bait. I needed Tom Hardy to walk across screen like in the Mad Max <laughs> and go, that's mm, bait.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it's it was terrible. terrible. It was such a deflated, like, like y- y- you, you don't even give them the cool hero moment. They're just, the, they're just like, oh, well, he just murdered a guy. All right. I want to go pick up my kids. I'm going to go, I'm going to go this way. I got to get stuff stuff to do over here. See you when we see you. And you're like, what is this? A, some sort of tra-? like, like you would think like this is the ending of some sort of tragedy, but they they just defeated the bad guy and he got his comeuppance.
2: They really needed to lose to make that ending work.
0: <laughs> yeah, this. Was, yeah, all right. Finish, say your last, literally, like your last fifty words. Yes, and I 51. I can't say a single good
2: thing about this movie. Like the only the only thing approximating good that I can say about it, every one of the act, not every one of the actors, our four leads and Sebastian Stan. Give a good faith effort. Yeah, that's all I. That's all I can say. That's good. Their characters are bad. Their lines are bad. The action is bad. The set design is bad. We jump across the globe for no other reason than because this, if we jump across the globe enough, people will think we're exotic. This is stupid. This is badly made. There is no defensible feature of this in any realistic way. Shame on everything about this film. All right. So and Simon. Then, then we get to Kinberg himself. Hollywood. I speak to all of you here. I don't ask much of you. <laughs> now, I might have high standards, and I might berate your films on occasion, but I have never asked you for anything other than to deliver, in a, in a grander sense, to deliver what's promised. You say, come see a movie. I expect there to be a movie. And you've never really disappointed me in that respect, maybe one or two times with something really avant-garde. But I know what I'm getting into with Avant-Garde Project, so no I'm no foul. I've never asked you for anything. And I will never ask you for anything again, in all probability. Here's the only thing I'm going to ask of you, ever. From me to you, and this is for your benefit as well. Blackball this man. (laughs) Do not allow him anywhere near the creative process of anything. I don't care if he's the coffee boy. Do not allow him to do anything creative ever again this man has burned piles and piles of money he has contributed to he has contributed to a bunch of projects that lost money even if he was just a contributor and not the primary problem i'd certainly argue that uh, the last stand is primarily his fault because of his obsession with turning professor x into a villain In his interpretation of the Dark Phoenix saga, which is a terrible reading of that saga, by the way. But you've got to bug up your ass about that. So be it. Your script for that movie is trash. It's utter trash. It should be studied for how bad it is. It is a textbook example of how not to write a movie. But I'll accept that, you know, the director also really screwed that one up. You were one of the writers on the four-stick film. You, sir, caused me pain.
0: (laughs) Again, that's not all his fault. Not all, but he's there. So I want to play a game real quick. And hang on. Then you give him a chance
2: to direct his own movie. The, the, The obnoxious little brother. Of the studio process going, can I play? Please, can I play? I promise I'll play, guys. Come on, let me play. Give me a turn with the controller. You finally give the little twerp a turn with the controller. And what does he give you? He gives you Dark Feet. First of all, he partially wrote X-Men Apocalypse. You'd think that would have been enough. You really do. You really do think that would have been enough. But no, he still gets a turn with the controller. He then proceeds to light the gaming console on fire with gasoline. (laughs) And for some reason, you all didn't, you all decided that flushing $150 million down the toilet on that endeavor wasn't enough.
0: That's not enough. So, under his production company, Genre Films, otherwise known as Kinberg Genre, I just want to kind of go over this with you real quick.
2: Yes, let's. So, the
0: films from from the first decade of this company being around, 2010, right? Uh, X Men First Class, directed by Matthew Vaughn. at a $160 million budget, made 353, million. So, fairly successful. This means War, directed by McG, um, actually made money for whatever this was. It was $65 it, million budget, it made $156 million.
2: It, it barely made money, and I want to point this out. I don't know how you take a movie with Chris Pine and Tom Hardy and make them that unlikable.
0: Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter bombed. Hard. Uh, Elysium, which was directed by Neil Blomkamp. Bombed. Bombed. Um, X-Men Days of Future Past, directed by Brian Singer. It's wildly successful. Let's Be Cops was shot for a buck fifty. It was fine. And it made money.
2: Look, Let's Be Cops succeeded only because it was shot for a ham sandwich.
0: Yeah. So if you actually <laughs> put
2: money into that, it would have failed miserably. It did not... Its box office returns were terrible, only saved by the fact that you were smart and didn't actually spend any money to make it.
0: Cinderella, which we wildly praised and was very enjoyable.
2: He, again, he's like the third twerp in line in the product to help produce yeah. that movie.
0: Directed by Kenneth Branagh, wildly successful. Chappie, directed by Neil Blomkamp. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it made back its budget. It, Chappie
2: it, was a middle of the road kind of
0: yeah film. The fan It's it, Fan needs its own college class. Between what happened with Fox, Josh Trank. I needed therapy after watching that. (laughs) I ran out to see that. I was so excited because I knew how bad it was going to be. Like, it was one of those things where, like, I need to see, I need to see just how bad this was. And I was not let down.
2: I walked Uh, out of, I said this when we reviewed it. I walked out of that theater and went, I've never experienced nothing before. (laughs) Like, I know time passed. I know images were projected onto a screen, but nothing happened.
0: Uh, the Martian was successful, and I think like he gets one, he
2: he gets barely any credit for that.
0: Deadpool was wildly successful. Apocalypse, not as successful as some of the other X Men, but but successful. It made money. Logan uh, was successful. Murder on the Orient Express was very successful uh, by virtue of its low budget, comparatively speaking.
2: By virtue of its low budget, and um, a little bit by virtue of some of the uh, awards it kind of got nominated for, like okay. that helped it out.
0: And Deadpool 2 was wildly successful. But in every single one of these ones that I just read off to you, not a single one did he direct. The first time he directs, the very first time is Dark Phoenix, and it bombs super hard. <laughs> like, 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 to the this, point where ha- how, he, how they gave him a second shot is beyond me. I, here, here's how he got a second shot.
2: He got, because... Dark Phoenix was also produced by he, his company. Was not the only major production company in that one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's he got his production company is the big dog in this one, so he got to make enough noise about if it if I'm putting up the money if I'm producing this thing, then I'm gonna write it and I'm gonna direct it and it's gonna be my baby. And everyone else was a small enough fish relative to him to just kind of go along with it. And look at this, y'all lost money.
0: Yeah, I guess Universal's take on this was like. We don't, you know, again, look at when they put it out. Look at the fact they don't, they're not putting this day and date on Peacock. This comes across as something where Universal is the distributor, but they don't actually give a shit. But whatever their reasons are, you know, and, and it might be just what you said, though, Like, we're not the ones really taking a financial bath on this. It's like, you know, we spent money to distribute it, but so what? You we know,
2: distribute, We distribute a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like you're the one, your production company is the one that's. What was the budget on this thing? Please tell me. I, I I need to know this now off the top because I don't know off the top of my head. On the
0: top end, seventy-five million. Which I, I don't want to do it just yet, but wait till we get to the money on this. Hey, um, anything else? Because if not, I, there is one other thing we need to briefly talk look, about.
2: Yeah. Look, so the only thing I ask of you, Hollywood, is do not let this man direct. Do not let him write even if you can help it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's all yeah. I want. He, he and then did, he is somebody who definitely a seems to work well in a group. B needs to be managed. If he is the creative impetus behind it, like he's definitely a guy who I think needs to take a meeting with really other, with creative types and say, I have an idea, make this idea reality for me and I will go get you the funding for it. I think that's where he seems to work best yeah. because th- as demonstrated by the three five five, he does not work very well as the sole creative impetus.
2: Also as evidenced by Dark Phoenix, which, uh, I mean, look, he wrote, directed, and was one of the producers on that. Like, I'm sorry, buddy. When you have that much control over what goes on, the lion's share of that giant flaming pile of feces is on you.
0: You know what could have made the 355 at least, like, somewhat memorable, somewhat resonant in the eyes of the audience it was trying to capture? So... Uh, so
2: look if anyone does happen to know this guy please hit him with a fish for me preferably a large one
0: there's no good music in this either but you know where you can find nope. good
2: music the, the soundtrack for this is as forgettable as everything else about it but if you want as you mentioned Mike, if you want good music including the recently released uh, Lordy tr- album abracadaver
0: yeah which we'll be reviewing shortly on uh, Damn You uh, Metal Hammer of Doom uh, we are giving away uh, a free 30 days
2: yeah, Amazon music.
0: We are giving a away... songs. <laughs> you want to do it? Yeah. You better.
2: Sure. Yeah. We'll give you a free 30 days of, have a free 30 days of the Amazon music service on us. It, the link is, uh, Amazon music, get amazon slash W2M network. There will be a link in the description below as well. Click that follow, uh, fill out the form and tell them that you sent us. That helps us, helps Amazon know that we're sending them traffic and they might be willing to pay us more money and continue to sponsor the show. If you out there would like to sponsor a segment on Damn You Hollywood or any other program here on the Radelich and Broadcasting Network, please contact Mark Radilich at, yep. no, no, sorry, you direct them to Sean.
0: Yep. Please send all hate mail to sgarmer at gmail.com.
2: Uh, send all hate mail wherever you want to send it if you have business inquiries sean garmer is the guy and we will shill for you like we shill for amazon once again get amazonmusic.com w2m network link in the description 70 million plus songs the best music streaming service on the internet that covers a lot of ground you can
0: also get podcasts we're on there in point of fact mark we certainly are ollie all right and with that said here comes the money Well, I we know, are I,
2: not in the money.
0: No, um, it's, it's just one thing. You know, you always talk about like the Spanish subtitles and that clip that I used. I <laughs> what I like is when they go back to Homer and he. Oh yeah. like I just finished face, <laughs> <It's>
2: <laughs> and, and the guy across the desk from me is very <laughs> concerned. If we just get that second or so of that shot, yeah, yep, yeah, it's it's you, so perfect. you made
1: a
0: great choice with that clip. I, I want to give you a ton of credit for that. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, so on the aforementioned budget of on the high end 75 million and it's first weekend in theaters competing against sing 2 and spider-man which was sucking up a tremendous amount of oxygen in the air it made a paltry 7.5 million dollars and you know what that means wow. <laughs> <laughs> that never stops being Ooh. worse to me. Yeah, this thing bombed hard, like embarrassingly hard. I mean, again, we just talked about how I don't think Universal gives a crap one way or the other, but uh, not a not a good look.
2: Yeah, this thing sucked. I mean, look, it deserves to bomb. It's a terrible film. Mm-hmm. But I'm honestly a little bit surprised it beat The King's Man. I'm just going to throw that out there.
0: Like, well, the Kingsman's how... been out since the twenty second.
2: Don't care. That's how bad this movie is.
0: Um. All right. So, Spider-Man: No Way Home is in its fourth week. Uh, for the weekend of January seventh through the 9th, Spider-Man: Home is in the number one spot for the fourth week in a row, which surprises absolutely nobody. It'll no lose way. this weekend to Scream, but then it's in its fifth Probably, week, so that's like losing. Yeah. A, you know, that's like you know being a midget and losing a fight with a giant. No, um,
2: look, that's. That's the that's the fresh guy coming in to fight after the other guy's been fighting for 12 rounds.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sing 2 in its second week, uh, th- sorry, three weeks, uh, been in the number two spot. Sing 2, the only thing that's even moderately compatible with the juggernaut that is Spider-Man No Way Home. And the 355 debuted at number
1: three
0: <clears throat> with a $4 million gross, but it's up to seven now as of this writing. Just um, a bit odd. Uh, The King's Man fell from three to four. American underdog four to five. The Matrix Resurrections five to six. Speaking uh, West of Side bombs. Story. Think yeah, of, of, of bombs, man. There's a lot of bombs there. Oh yeah, this is like a minefield here. Uh, West Side Story fell from six, six to seven. Which hey, won- at
2: least at least West Side Story won some Golden Globes. And if you're thinking, wait, the Golden Globes happened, they did, but <laughs> they weren't broadcast anywhere because no one was watching. <laughs> no so,
0: broadcast. Yeah. So the words out on West Side Story, though we apparently lost 20th century studios, which is a part of Disney, so who gives a crap? Um, like oh. tons of money. But the, this over, is a, the budget for
2: that was what two around two hundred Marvel
0: money. It was a hundred million dollars.
2: Yeah, yeah, so someone decided a hundred million dollars needed to go into Look, the West in 2019, Side Story. Remake.
0: In twenty nineteen, West Side Story makes its money back, no problem. In twenty no, it doesn't everything, and everything after you're being ridiculous. Everything everything after No, I'm not. Everything after 2020, all bets are off. Um, uh,
2: look, I think even in 2019, West Side Story, it doesn't bomb this hard, mm-hmm. but I I struggle to see that being a real success.
0: I don't know. Um, life was different but in hey, 2019. That was so long ago. <laughs> but hey, it won some pointless awards. Ghostbusters Nostalgia fell from seven to eight. Um, I'm just beating up on that movie now just to do it.
2: You <laughs> are and it's weird. Like I, I I know who you're trolling by doing so, but that's an odd considering how much you enjoyed that movie as well. That's an that's odd choice. Is,
0: people have now this was like Ghostbusters where people have now pushed me into a play Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> Gosh, Jesus Christ. Um where I got pushed into a corner so hard about it. I'm now flailing and fighting back and I'm beating the people I love. It's like I actually genuinely enjoyed Ghostbusters. Had a great time with it. But I can't but, but people's like reaction—we've talked about this all, ad nauseum—but people's reactions to it were so, like, think like out of whack of what the movie actually was. I'm, I'm genuinely shocked people aren't campaigning for that to
2: win Best Picture. <sighs> Much like Disney is campaigning for the Eternals to win something. I got look—the only thing you won as the Eternals was a big fat red X <laughs> and whatever bowel movement I left in the theater when I left as uh, that thing was going on. <clears throat>
0: Licorice Pizza fell from 8 to 9. House of Gucci uh, went up two spots from 12 to 10. Encanto fell from 10 to 11. A Journal for Jordan, which nobody saw, fell from 9 to 12, speaking of bombs. Nightmare Alley, 11 to 13. 80... I don't know what 83 is. Uh, fell from 13 to 14. Parallel Mothers, 21, went up. Apparently, it opened up, a whole bunch more yeah, theaters. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Dune, Ditto, Ditto Dune. It's, D- Dune in the wake of... Because that one... Uh, Hans Zimmer won Best Original Score for that yeah. at the Golden Globes, deserved. Uh, one of the few awards that I think that the at the Globes actually means anything is mm-hmm. some of the
0: technical stuff. So Dune getting a bit of a re-release and uh, as award season rolls on, uh, Red Rocket went um, fell from fourteen to seventeen. Eternals, which is just about to go on to... <laughs> the, wait, wait. Oh, I need a
2: I need a joke about the Red Rocket going down. Hang on. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Um, <laughs> don't, I, tell me, don't tell me you're not thinking it.
0: So no, I'm more thinking about how I have to craft my TikTok apology for Chris Bailey because I told him we had to wait until it went on to when it came out of theaters and went on to Disney Plus. That happens tomorrow, so I owe him an apology. It didn't crack five hundred million. Um, what the Eternals as a domestic property? It, the bet was if, if Eternals if Eternals didn't make more than five hundred million worldwide, I had to publicly apologize. Because I was wrong on a thing, um, drive my car. I don't know why you would choose to bet on that, but okay. Well, it was like fucking spring when we made that bet. We hadn't even had the summer resurgence of COVID. Even
2: even spring of twenty twenty that or of twenty twenty one that wouldn't have been a good bet. Uh, drive my car went from twenty two to nineteen. Belfast. Okay, 18 here's to the only here's the only advice I have for you in crafting your apology. Mm-hmm. The only advice I'm going to give you about this. Okay, yeah. keep your pants on.
0: i was well i was thinking of doing it with a with a canadian flag background with a can of maple syrup in my hand um all right see for me Uh, yeah then you have to do it with the you have to do with the bad accent too so can we review this next week bad luck banging or loony porn i don't know what this is but it's in a bunch more theaters this week all right emmy a school teacher finds her career and reputation under threat after a personal sex tape is leaked on the internet Forced to meet the parents, demanding her dismissal, Emmy refuses to surrender to their pressure. This well, is released by Magnolia Pictures. I feel like we need to we need to talk about this. I feel like that title is wildly misleading. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Damn You Hollywood, an in-depth discussion of bad luck, banging, or loony porn. Good grief! Um, all right, so that's that's the weekend, ladies and gentlemen. The weekend.
2: Oh God!
0: Um, worldwide for 2022 uh i'm not going to discuss 2021 right now we're going to do a show in a couple of weeks for munich the edge of war which is going to be debuting um on netflix because apparently they they made a date then pulled the date first came from spiderhead and and i saw the trailer from other android finally and was like i'm gonna spare robert this one there's no point <laughs> i appreciate um, that sure so we're gonna do munich the edge of war instead uh and then when we're doing that show during the money segment, we'll also do our year-end roundup, um, and that we'll we'll look at the twenty-one box twenty twenty-one box office. Then, yeah. so right now, the 22, 2022 box office is nothing to speak of. Hey, the number one movie in the world is the three five five. Until hang well, hang on. until a week from today, it, when it's scream. Hang on,
2: the three five five is not the number one movie in the world. It is, however, as of this recording, the number one worldwide box office gross for a movie released in 2022 and as you said in about three days that's going away yeah
0: so it's it's the tallest midget um as far as the calendar goes uh this weekend the big release is scream that'll be the number one movie of that weekend one would assume um there are no other wide releases this weekend a lot of stuff got pulled and pushed and whatnot and uh will quick- again next week so Bella is going to be in theaters this weekend. We're going to wait to review that until Bubble comes on Netflix. And I've invited the guys from Talk the Keki to come on with us. So uh, we'll oh, do. Did you,
2: did you want me on that one?
0: It's up to you. Um, okay. I include. I included you. This. Um, I didn't, I pretty,
2: that, that's. I. I say that not to say I'm not interested. I say that to say, if you had planned on me not being there, then I. Don't then I, you know, just planning myself planning my schedule out so I know what I have to watch and what I don't have to watch.
0: I plan for you to be there because damn you, Hollywood is the show that you're on. Most of the you time. Tell me yes. not to. Okay. Plus I, plus I don't know if this is the kind of anime, this and bubble is the kind of anime you would watch on, on your own, but you like anime, so I figured what's the harm in at least, you know, including you, and then you can tell me you don't want to be a part of it.
2: I I will see about finding those when they hit some kind of streaming service and and or other yeah. Means to observe them before the reviews. Then yes,
0: this, we're talking like May here. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but Bell will be in theaters, and then eventually it'll go to streaming. We're going to review that with Bubble when it comes out on Netflix. But Sounds that good. that goes into limited release this weekend, the weekend of the twenty first. Um, there isn't nothing, but there wasn't anything we were going to review. There's Redeeming Love, which I saw the I saw the trailer for it. My wife and I did when we saw something. I don't remember what, and it looked interesting enough. I just don't think either one of you or I are tremendously interested in talking about it same thing with the king's daughter either one of those i wouldn't mind seeing i just don't think either one of us care enough yeah. uh, to talk about it and then the 28th used to have morbius it now has just cyrano uh and that's even and that's even in limited release it looks like so there's it, no wide release the 28th uh cyrano's wider release takes place a little bit after that but it is getting a wide release um February fourth, we will be is Moonfall. Moonfall it's by Roland I am Emmerich. Ir,
2: I am irrationally excited for that. By the way, are you like, really? One of my guilty pleasures in life, okay, is disaster movies. I right, me too. I love disaster movies. Okay,
0: now I, I, I was curious because I know, like, I didn't think you were a huge fan of Roland Emmerich.
2: How mm, to phrase this? My relationship with the films of Emmerich is weird because I say this is the following. I don't think anybody does disaster movies like he does. He's one of the Mm -hmm. few people who still does them and does them mostly correctly. I think he struggles. Uh, I think he's given into some of his own excesses. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been a real problem. Like uh, 2012, there's things about it that I found somewhat enjoyable, but boy, is that a, that movie is just, um, what's the other one he did that I, I rather the like
0: The Day, Day After, After Tomorrow.
2: yeah. I actually kind of enjoy that movie. Yeah, so do I. I like a lot of Roland Emmerich stuff, yeah, but anyway. But, um, uh, so, point being, I'm kind of excited for Moonfall. I am absolutely prepared to be horribly disappointed <laughs> by the time it's all said and done.
0: So again, what? the three five five is done. It's it's made all the money it's going to make. Scream will probably be the number one movie two weeks in a row. Um, probably, I can't see anything. The twenty first, like, come you know, doing anything. Um, it might even go three weeks because I can't see anything. There's nothing in wide release January twenty eighth, and then Look, the next, I'm, I'm and then it'll be done I'm, by the time Moonfall comes out.
2: I'm I'm just going to say this: if Cyrano has a wide release on that date, and this uh, is not accurate. I'd have to double check when it's wide releases, so forgive me. But if if one of those weeks, Sireno has a wide release, especially that last one, uh it might have an outside shot by yeah, at maybe. that point of of taking you know a a victory over Scream, as Scream is on its last legs.
0: Yeah, and then then that's going to be done with Moonfall, and then the following week, the number we're not we're not uh, reviewing it. I'm doing a comic strip with. Ronnie from Marry Me. We're not reviewing Death on the Nile. Um, you know, I
2: saw hang on. I saw this on Twitter and I have to quote it because it amuses me. Mhm. But someone who takes the act of thespianing as ther- as seriously as Kenneth Branagh does, having to act opposite Gal Gadot is just funny on so
0: many levels. So I don't see the devil's light here. And I thought and I thought the devil's light was coming out the 11 because I have it on my calendar. I need to look this up. Um, so anyway, that's the money for the most part here. The devil's night. I don't know. It says February 11th. Weird that they don't have it listed. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have it listed here on uh, the domestic release chart.
2: Was that one uh, of the ones that were, is that what we're reviewing or we're
0: reviewing that? That was a ask from Jason Teasley. Mm-hmm. Jason, Jason Teasley gave me a list of horror movies. He said that we have to review this year. It was like terrific. Why did I ask you to come back? Um, anyway. <laughs> we love you, Jason. I love you, Jason. Um, all right. So anyway, so that's the money, uh, such as it is. Let's move on to the critical. Oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, before yeah. you click
2: over, you had a thing you wanted to set up. Remember you said you wanted to, before we show the Rotten Tomatoes scores. you said that the audience score would surprise Oh,
0: you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay um thank you sorry we've been talking about so many things yeah so i fully expect i am here i am here to produce as well as direct this particular (laughs) endeavor thanks um so we were talking before the show started tonight and i knew that like this was there there are sometimes i see a movie and i'm like i'm wondering what the critics are going to think about this and only because you know of the virtue signaling you know like again like the charlie's angels kind of a thing like are all the female critics going to come out of the woodwork and all the you know, left leaning virtual signaling critics who want to go to fancy parties. Are they all gonna come out and be like and artificially inflate the reviews of this thing, you know, like they did with Ghostbusters 2016? No, in this one everyone seemed to have hated it. But I but then I was like, okay, well I bet the audience hated it too. And I was shocked by how by the well, I, audience score. Let and me you start- wanted to take a crack at what it was. What so you, let me let me guess. take a crack at this. Let me take a crack. Yeah. I
2: think I said, I think the audience score will be somewhere in the high 80s to low 90s. Here's why. One, nobody saw this thing. (laughs) Two, so so smaller sample size, right? Would be my assumption. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can look at the exact number when we pull it up, but for the sake of my thought process here. Smaller sample size. And... Yeah, You mentioned when we reviewed this that this movie is very much hoping that you don't have any kind of critical analysis like or critical right. thinking skills when you watch it. And in that vein, there's enough shiny, jingly keys and loud noises to potentially distract or confuse enough of the audience into thinking, well, I had a good time. Yeah,
0: my daughter loved this, by the way. Again, your, 11-year-old girl.
2: Your daughter's 11. <laughs> <laughs> Three... Who's more of the people inclined to spend money to see this in theaters? How many would then be how many people would then be inclined to go write a review on Rotten Tomatoes and which of them would be and which of them would decide to write positive or negative? The point being, I imagine that of the small percentage of people that saw this. Enough of them went, huh, I should say something nice about this, because if I don't,
0: all the it's the I'll, people that are passionate about it. the same people that wrote me about my band made review. You know, while it, it was a small sampling of the actual total that listened to it, it is the people that were probably the most passionate and irritated by my review.
2: Yeah, hey, you got some. Uh, look, you had the, the people. There were some comments. I looked through those comments because I was curious. Mm-hmm. Some of them were negative, but. I think you got a lot of positive ones too, if you've gone back and relooked through them.
0: I have, and I, I would say a lot of them were appreciative that we gave the band any attention. Some of them were able to, you know, some of them have well-developed listening skills and heard me say I like the damn band. I don't. <laughs> I, I think the major. I, I think the major gripes were mentioning that I thought they could open the Five Finger Death Punch, which was supposed to be <laughs> my way of saying I think they would win over a hostile American audience. They, they they're that good, but that got misconstrued. And that I, uh, I didn't well, think they were particularly distinctive vis-à-vis a lot of modern bands. And there's this concerted opinion that this band is extremely distinctive and very unique. And I, I just don't I, agree with that. Here, here's
2: my only response to those people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: This is me. This is not you or anybody else. If you're if you think these that band made is di- unique and distinctive. Don't show someone their YouTube videos of them in costume. Play them a song yeah. on Apple uh, on Amazon music <laughs> that, after you've used our link. <laughs> just play them a song and ask them if that's and ask someone who's never heard them before if that sounds unique and distinctive amongst the contemporary music scene and you're probably gonna get a no. which is not to say bad at all. that's just to say, I mean, one, being unique in the contemporary music scene is hard to do. Poppy's unique and, you know, nails on a chalkboard.
0: Well, I I mean, the other thing people didn't like was I compared them to baby metal. And my only reason I compared them, other than they're both from Japan and filled with women, is that baby metal was extremely distinctive. Like, I was thinking about this on the way home tonight. How did we get to talk about this? But (laughs) I was thinking about this on the way home tonight, where over the past few years of doing metal hammer of doom, there are very few bands that I thought were extremely distinctive and I've heard yeah. a crap ton of music out there, but like the two off the top of my head were baby metal and ray of light. And it was because they, it was, they, they were a mashup of genre styles. Ray of light took like EDM and techno and combined it with, you know, with like European heavy metal. And then there was baby metal, which took J pop and combined it with, uh, you know, like a progressive death metal sound. Yeah. I, so, what made them distinctive was the fact that they took two very very different musical genres and mashed them together and that's exactly how they sounded whereas and i made this point on the show i said bandmates great they're very cohesive and that is exactly why they're not distinctive they sound like an actual band making music (laughs) (laughs) okay i got you so point being you know yeah and
2: again, as we've mentioned, the YouTube comment section is almost as much of an Eldritch Abomination as the algorithm that runs that place, so...
0: Yeah. So anyway, so you, so are we ready now, then, to, to finally make the big reveal? We are. All Show me right. how wrong I was. Here... Here we go.
1: Are you ready? Yeah. No! I said...
0: Please, no, 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 no. The critical review is brought oh, to you. I by overshot Grammarly. It. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you would have lost the prices, right? Um, I did. For you, listeners of Damn You Hollywood, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you take free. On Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else, you write on the web. Grammarly. So if
2: you're one of the if you are one of the people, not the critics, who will yell at in a minute, but if you're one of the raw audience members who wants to go on Rotten Tomatoes and write a defense of the 355, use Grammarly, and at least you won't sound like a blue-haired land whale. There you go.
0: <laughs> and you can do that by clicking the link of getgramly.com slash W2M Network. Again, it's dot slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. Alrighty, as you can see on the screen, but for those of you who you know listen to that archaic device called a podcast, you know, strictly audio, it's a splat, it's rotten at 26%, but the audience score is 83 with over 250 verified ratings. Wow. However, it did get a cinema score of like B plus, which is basically an F. Um, if you if no it- one,
2: no one on cinema score gives anything a C
0: yeah so if you get a b plus you literally get the lowest score anyone will ever give a movie which means so people do i not I, love it.
2: I insist that you after we're done here mark write a rotten tomatoes review of this as a negative <laughs> because because someone has to speak the truth
0: yeah only i'm gonna call, title it a movie only an 11 year old feminist could love there you uh, go critics consensus it has a stellar cast and it's conceptually progressive but the 355 squanders it all on a forgettable story and uh unremarkably told which i basically agree with
2: yeah, I think you're a little bit more up. Uh, you're a little bit more positive on kind of the bones of this story than I am, but I'll allow that for just being a difference in taste.
0: Uh, let's see. Dwight Brown of National Newspaper Publishers Association. Top. Wow,
2: credit. you want to talk about a dead, utterly irrelevant association you contribute to? It's the newspaper writer. The newspaper publishers. <laughs>
0: Uh, an often generic but surprisingly engaging espionage action thriller.
2: Nothing about this movie is engaging. Like, and I mean that objectively. Like, Barely anything happens throughout the course of this film, despite them trying to pretend otherwise. I, I don't understand that.
0: So I'm going to read these two back-to-back because they make me laugh. They're both rotten, but they're, they're hilarious to me. Sure. Sarah Michelle, Fetters of MovieCreek.com, top critic. This is a title that screams, watch me at home. <laughs> this is a title that Scream doesn't watch me. And Matthew Razick of Flixis.com, January is here. I See, mean, you're not wrong.
2: I, I, Hang on. Normally, I would find, I would yell at that
0: being deeply unhelpful. Mm-hmm.
2: And if you're scrolling Rotten Tomatoes trying to get a sense of things, it is. But I also understand entirely how that's relevant to
0: his to his <laughs> review. Yeah. Um... Let's see. Sarah Clements of Payer Weight. It has everything you could want out of a spy thriller with some of the best women in the business kicking ass. None of that sentence is correct. First of all, let's play a game, okay? <laughs> let's, let's play. Shall we play a game? Let's play a game, Robert Winfrey. Yes, let's. All right. So we have the German Diane Kruger. We have the Latin American in Penelope Cruz. We have the American and Jessica Chastain. We have the British in Napita Luongo. And we have the Chinese in... Bing, fang, foom. Um <laughs> Fan, bin, bing. Um, now you're let, getting us in trouble. <laughs> let's, re, let's recast this movie with the babes we want to see in this movie. Kick ass. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw Gal Gadot in as the lead. Yeah. As the Jessica Chastain part. You pick one.
2: Um, God, I have to pick someone who works opposite of Gal Gadot. That's
0: How about Gal Gadot should... in the German part? That's okay. Diane Kruger. Maybe I, maybe she's not German. Maybe she's Israeli. You
2: can't say anything positive about Israel, though.
0: <laughs> okay. You, she, you, Gal Gadot is either Jessica Chastain or, or Diane. Uh, no, no, no.
2: One. I need her in the uh, Lupita Luanga role because I need to hear her try to do a British accent. You
0: know, I was going to pitch that. <laughs> And I was like, I don't want to hear her try to approximate British. So no, I but. I, I kind of do. Okay, like, so, like uh, this is going to be a crap show. Let's at least have a few laughs. All right. So Gal Gadot is your Brit. Go. So who, um, so who, who is? Let's let's just go from let's let's just go left to right here. Who do we have in the German roles? Diane Kruger. What 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 babe do we want to see in a kick ass action movie?
2: I actually don't hate Diane Kruger here, just for the record. But okay. Um,
0: but was anyone really, like, calling for... Like, if you're just, like, palling around with your guy friend, you're like, you know it would be cool? An all-female is expendable. Who do you pick? Well, okay. Y- you can't do, like, s- like, the ones that every man picks, you know, born after 1975. So the- you can't put Sigourney Weaver in here or uh, Linda Hamilton, although that's what everyone would pick. They're both, like, 60 would, or 70 th- years old.
2: You need... If we were going to do this in that loose style, you'd need Sigourney Weaver, but she wouldn't be... Like she wouldn't be in the field, right? Yeah, no. For the most part, like she'd
0: she'd have to be like running the guy, the character running the CIA.
2: Yeah, like she's there, she's important, but she can't quite do the she can't quite do the physical stuff that's necessary.
0: Um, Jennifer Garner's probably too old now.
2: I don't want to see Jennifer Garner do anything.
0: How about Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, she should probably be here. All right, so she's the lead. Sure, I'll buy that. Um, Angelina Jolie's probably too old now probably so how old is Penelope Cruz because I feel like she's been around forever
2: not as old as she looks or she, oh my gosh, she's, she's old.
0: almost 50.
2: she's older than she looks is what I mean like she does not look her age at all
0: I don't know maybe that maybe then you do put Angelina Jolie in. you just put her in that part here you hear Angelina Jolie play a Mexican all right um uh, <laughs> or okay. Colombian or whatever the hell she was
2: uh you I mean, you didn't have Charlize Theron here, which is kind of a crime if you're going to do this kind of movie. Like, cause she's okay. Awesome. Charlize
0: Theron's German.
2: Uh, you know, the only demographic missing from this is mm-hmm. Africa. So you make you just let her be South African.
0: Well, I feel like you have to have like one black person in here.
2: I didn't say. Uh, you okay, had. But like,
0: so who's left? Who? Uh, so we so- got, got Gal Gadot, Scarlett Johansson um who did you just say charlie's uh, theron charlie's theron um all right we have two two spots to fill all right two spots um who's like a hot who's like a hot action black chick that we can get in here to play whatever the one for black panther
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the one who plays at the head of the 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 guard the Demage, Who's uh denai state? guerrera yeah
1: uh
2: Sure. She could be here, yeah. Um. Trying to think. Uh. Don't have anyone off the top of my head. Uh, you probably keep the Chinese actress.
0: No, I, I'd say you put Ming-Na Wen in there. Ming-Na Wen kicks all kinds of butt. People love she,
2: her. She does, but... She, uh, I mean, look, I, I like her. I like her work. I'm, I'm not objecting to that on that kind of role. But if you're mm. trying to appeal to the Chinese market, if you want.
0: Who's a like chick- the new Lucy Liu?
2: Uh, she's not new, but.
0: That's it. Uh, who's the new Lucy Liu? Like, I know. The hang out Lucy Liu.
2: I don't. I don't think there is
0: one. trick hmm. <laughs> from Mulan. Maybe. All right. Um. So now that we fan casted our own 355. Yeah. Sarah Clement, you're like, you couldn't be more far off.
2: Look, there, there's a bunch of – half of the leads in this are not people you would get – would not be anywhere near the top five of yeah. female act- of actresses that people want to see in an action role.
0: Kevin Carr, fat guy at the movies, who I'm you, at this point bullying.
2: Y- yeah, you really are. <laughs> like, y- you just are using me as a cudgel to beat this poor man.
0: It runs a little bit long and it's overly predictable at times, but it's better than some crappy found footage horror movie, which we always get in January.
2: Eh. So the only way you could try and give this a positive spin because you want people to like you is to move the goalposts <laughs> so radically that it's better than a YouTube video about found footage horror. Get bent, you unhelpful pseudocritic. And see? How I did didn't... you get on this platform, you <laughs> Pathetic excuse for a
0: man. I can only assume sexual favors. Um Gary... Again,
2: I assume he was grandfather. He get he's on this he's on Rotten Tomatoes for the same reason Kinberg gets directing roles.
0: Gary M. Kramer of Salon.com, top critic.
2: As though you need any further proof that that <laughs> rag is not worth your time.
0: It is pure catnip for fans of the genre of beautiful women fighting off the bad guys with a plum.
2: Uh, first of all, no plums were used here, sir. How dare you? And I for the <laughs> record, that's just a bad joke. I know what the word means. We, we got it, <laughs> it Roberts. Second, I have to qualify that because I know there's idiots out there, Mark. Some of them
0: gave you No, crap no, no. Of- you 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 don't. If anyone thought you were referring to the fruit who isn't a seven year old boy, <laughs> you don't have to explain it to him. They deserve no. to be as confused as however they were
2: okay, so so Jonas, there are plums. And then <laughs>
0: moving on <laughs> uh, okay uh pete hammond of deadline hollywood daily this is, thank- dead. <laughs> this is thankfully not as shallow as an enterprise to say charlie's angels it really is though <laughs> how is this uh, how is this deeper than charlie's angels you idiot
2: i'm not defending that piece of crap either
0: look if i had to choose you know which which way do i want to die the three five five are Charlie's Angels. I'm picking Charlie's Angels 10 out of 10 times. Like look, it wasn't a great movie or anything, but it's it's still it's still a much more lighter and enjoyable time at the movies than this Drek was, which was like which was going for the uh gravitas of like a born film with the competence level. Of Of Elizabeth
2: Banks,
0: (laughs) so it's just not good. Um, you you know,
2: now that I got you brought you just raised like the Sophie's choice of all Sophie's choices here. If I have to watch one of those again, which am I choosing? (laughs) I might, I might might choose the noose in my closet.
0: (laughs) No, thanks, I'll just die. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> well old friend today's the day <laughs> today's a good day to die Lindsay Barr of the Associated Press top critic mostly the 355 succeeds where others have come up short because it puts the movie and the story first not the message
2: uh, you know what hang on I will say in defense of this film and that point that's true
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This movie doesn't. One of my gripes with Charlie's Angels, one of my big gripes, was that it beats you about the head and shoulders
0: like a taskmaster. Did you watch the? Because like we, we talked about it, but only like tangentially, because we at the time we were talking about Terminator, dark feminism. So did you actually watch uh, Charlie's Angels? And if so, I need to actually put you back on screening because I'm currently looking at Rotten Tomatoes. I have to look at you dead in the eyes, Robert. I I have
2: not seen the
0: film. Uh, damn it. <laughs> You, you botched it. No, no. <laughs> I want you big. <laughs> no, damn it. <laughs> did you watch Elizabeth Banks Charlie's Angels, Robert? No. Oh, okay. Here's what I. Here's what I did do though,
2: because I knew we were going to have to have this kind of discussion at some point. Hmm. I did watch a couple of reviews that were, um. That were not just someone yelling at a camera and i don't mean Mm -hmm. that to dismiss what we do but i watched someone's a couple of different reviews that were Mm -hmm. uh like video based like we're gonna critique different scenes and whatnot so i have now i have seen enough of it to make a handful of points and claims about the style in which it was shot and whatnot Mm -hmm. and again charlie's angel sought to beat you about the head and shoulders like a taskmaster with its message the message is very clear within the 355, but it, it does take a bit of a backseat to the plot for whatever passes for plot in this film. So right. I, I, th- that's the closest this thing comes to being deftly handled.
0: I'm going to read two more, but I'm going to read them back to back because they both reference the same IP. And then we're done because we're almost at two hours now. Sure. Rob Thomas of Capital Times of Madison, Wisconsin. Like James Bond being tasked with filing out paperwork for HR, the actresses in the 355 are sent on a mission they are clearly overqualified for. <laughs> and on the other, <laughs> and, okay. on the other <laughs> and on the other side of the coin, Alan of Film Threat. The 355 is good old action fun with a well-constructed story and better than all of the bad James Bond movies. Oh God, why? <laughs> i see I knew that one was going to be Why? the one to have a stroke. Why would
2: you do that to me, Mark? Oh, <laughs> oh my, oh!
0: Uh, ow. My God, I can see your aneurysm.
2: Ow, right behind the eye. Ow,
0: <laughs> that's actually like a big thumping vein in, the, in your forehead. Ah, uh, <laughs> wow. Ow. <laughs>
2: okay, moron. How dare you call? You know what? I'm gonna set aside your shot at the James Bond franchise because let's be fair, that franchise has some duds, right? Nothing nearly as bad as this, but I'll set aside, I'll set aside some of that. How dare you call this a well-constructed story? Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean this in all sincerity. How stupid do you have to be to look at this movie, the plot, the twists? the turns the flat characters the terrible introductions the unbearably predictable beat for beat for beat plagiarism that goes on here and call this a well-constructed story you baseline hack how dare you no one should take anything that man says seriously ever and if you happen to know him and feel like slashing his tires, I wouldn't object.
0: See, I totally thought you were going to encourage people to hit him with fish.
2: No. No, he needs he needs property damage.
0: <laughs> Robert Winfrey of Damn You Hollywood says <laughs> <laughs> this critic needs property damage. All right. When we start when we when we start you have a asking really for nasty, to be committed
2: if you're a really nasty bent pour sugar into the oil
0: of his car uh and that folks <laughs> the end of our review tomorrow uh neil uh, from movies that uh some movies that don't suck and some that do it's a bit of an unwieldy title He's a cool dude and everything, but like, I every time I try to say his podcast, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. I I went on their show, I did their top uh, their top ten, which is a lot of fun. Like I, as I told them, like I I've been doing my own thing for 16 years. I'm kind of a kind of a Rapunzel. I'm just in the high tower. Like leave me alone. You know, anyone that wants me, I I anyone that wants me, come see me. I don't go see other people. But I've been told that if you would like to make your podcast more popular, you should go on other people's shows and you should have other people come on your shows and everyone That's... kind of lifts, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. So my goal for 2022 was to try to be on other people's podcasts. So wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, 50 wait. Just
0: be of my own a week.
2: Hey, Hang on. So 2020 and 2021 was synergy. Yeah. 2022 is collaboration.
0: Yep.
1: All
2: right.
0: So I went on their show. I had a great time. Those, they, they were pretty awesome guys. I've listened to, back to that show twice now, and we really did. We, it's a fun conversation that we had. So if you have an opportunity, if you have uh, Spotify or Amazon or Apple Music or YouTube, they're, they're just like us. They're on every single one of the platforms you can find. It's movies uh, that don't suck and some that do. Um, they do two movies per show. Uh, In a news segment. That's how their show is structured. Anyway, Neil from that show is a big wrestling fan, so he's going to be on our TV party tomorrow to review Battle of the Belt, which had I known it was only going to be a one-hour classy rampage, I wouldn't have bothered. But, it was. Hey,
2: Mark. Speaking of Battle of the Belts, Mm -hmm. do you know who happened to cover that?
0: You did, you poor bastard. I did. Yep. It was not worth the time or the effort, but... I'm you committed, know, so we're doing you it.
2: You know, well, i that's one of the few times when the mainline AEW fan base over at 411 did not drag me through the mud in the comments section. Okay. I gave the overall show... What did I give it?
0: Um, There's only three matches. And I know. Two of, two of them were good or good or great, and one of them was Dustin Rhodes. You hang on,
2: have you seen the show in question
0: yet? Yeah, I like the Riho um Brit Baker match. I thought that was the I thought it was the best match between the two of them. Okay You
2: sir are smoking crack.
0: I might not have actually been watching. Um
2: uh, hang on for, so my two cents for the record since we're on mm-hmm. the topic. Riho and Britt Baker had a rough beginning to that match. And okay. abs, an absolutely dead middle portion. Just dead. Okay. And then a and then a pretty good finishing sequence. I want to give them credit for that. That might
0: have been what I was paying attention to.
2: It, if all you watch is the last, like, five minutes, mm-hmm. uh, like, three to five minutes, yeah, that that's fine. Like, that's really good stuff.
0: How did it compare to the Riho-Maki uh, Ito match from the very first Dark?
2: I did not watch Dark.
0: You weren't covering Dark at that point?
2: I have never covered Dark. I cover Elevation. God help me. They're two different My- shows.
0: Yeah. Okay. I might be confusing the two. All right. Doesn't matter. Um. So. Uh, so that's, that's tomorrow. Did, hang on. Did they have a match? They might have been involved in one of the elevation matches. It wasn't
2: the first one.
0: No. Well, uh, I, then I'm thinking of dark. Okay. Right, doesn't matter. Um. We're covering uh, all okay. the belts tomorrow, and then in Thank the evening, myself, Robert oh, the, Cooper, and on. Jesse the, are reviewing Volbeat Servant of the Mind. Yes, sir.
2: The Ricky. Let me just do my brief recap of that show. Then the Ricky Starks and Matt Slidell match was eh. Like, yeah. Starks is coming back from injury, so I get that, you know, you you've you you do not want to do anything stupid and reaggravate an injury. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and Siddell's a safe worker, so they had a decent enough match. Uh and then here's my gripe with the first match of the night, which was Sammy Guevara and Dustin Rhodes. I only really have one gripe with this. Because it look, first of all, Dustin Rhodes at fifty. Whatever he is. Um, being as smooth as he still is in the ring, God bless you, him, man.
0: Future me is cutting this entire segment out. Just want yeah, to make Yeah, sure, that. but
2: you, this is never getting re-aired anywhere. <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah, I do. And you will never video edit at the bare minimum. Like you you we getting you to do audio editing was like pulling teeth. Getting you to yeah, do It, it only edit. took
0: it only took 15 years.
2: <laughs> getting you to do video editing is just never gonna happen. Uh if you're going to do a Canadian Destroyer off the apron through a table to the floor, I'm glad you can do the spot safely. It's a cool spot. But if that doesn't end your match, maybe leave it in the bag. Yeah. like
0: I agreed. All right. So as I was saying, tomorrow night, Volbeat, Servant of the Mind, and I might address one or two of the comments from the band-made review. Thursday, Alexis Hayden and I are reviewing Monkey. And then,
2: (laughs) and myself, wherein, wherein Mark has promised to me offline and I'm making it public. So he now has to do it to find the appropriate uh, erotic fan fiction (laughs) from that particular show, because he couldn't stop referring to it as hot monkey in our chat. (laughs) And now i'm going damn autocorrect now now you have to he promised that he would go find uh again fan erotica of the hit monkey the rule 34 for the hit monkey and okay
0: speaking of erotica myself robert winfrey ronnie adams and david wright <laughs> speaking of the antithesis stuff <laughs> uh we'll be covering the witcher season two thursday night at 10 o'clock that'll be fun um Friday is a re-airing of Everyone Loves a Bad Guy for Freddy Krueger. Saturday is a re-airing of Robert Winfrey and Ben Colon remembering Wes Craven um, when he passed away a few years ago. And then we um, continue our celebration of all things Wes Craven now that Scream is out with a two-part review of A Nightmare on Elm Street. The first part will be Sunday. The second part will be Monday. And then we will be back here for Scream Uh, next week on Damn You Hollywood. And that'll be myself, Ronnie Adams, and Robert. Um, But that one was yet another where everyone was kind of beaten on the door and wanting to be in, and I shut the door. Actually, by Ronnie's request, I shut the door behind him and was like – that was one where he was like, could that just be me and you? And I'm like, no, I'm not kicking Robert off his own show, but I don't have to let anyone else on. Um, So – (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so i assigned jason teasley the dubious task of conducting a round table so just like we did with spider-man venom and Candyman, um there will be a separate round table discussion of just uh the scream five in addition to the full damn you hollywood review all right that's it for me robert go ahead and do your plugs real quick and let's get out of here
2: all right i've already alluded to it but i cover professional wrestling a few days a week for 411mania.com i covered aw's battle of the belts and was mostly complimentary. And then everyone in the comment section was, "Well, if I was kind of like you, Mark, if I'd known this was going to be a glorified rampage episode, yeah, uh, which is fine. I cover I
0: not that there was <laughs> any, bo- not that I had any choice. There was literally nothing else to watch Saturday night. But um, yeah, like I don't, I from what I remember, like there was no boxing or anything. It was like one of the few weeks there was like literally." Like I guess if I wanted like to watch something on fight, I could have found something. But there was I'm sure nothing you could of have, value.
2: I'm sure you could have spent time with your children.
0: No, by that point they were in bed. Or your wife? No, by that point she was in bed. <laughs> this was some charcuterie Af- week.
2: Th- th- this was after you after <laughs> you'd introduced her to Henry Cavill fighting in. A bed.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, no. Not only that, but but th- she, she's having her charcuterie this week. So you know, I don't really care when she goes to bed or when I go to bed.
2: You uh. <laughs> you should show her the the bathtub scene with henry cavill from the first season of the witcher
0: i I might (laughs) and
2: and just watch and just watch her turn into a puddle
0: yeah well whatever gets the match in the ring is what i say
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's fair (laughs) uh so i i cover professional wrestling again i do i did battle of the belts this time i don't know if that's going to be a regular thing probably not since it's just a quarterly kind of thing they do And one of them was an unrecognized title, and one of them was an interim title. So yay, Battle of... That's what happens when you have three big title matches on Dynamite the same week as your big special event.
0: Yeah, that was poor timing on their part.
2: Extremely. Uh, But I cover AW's Dark Elevation every week, which is one of their YouTube shows. I cover MLW when they've moved to Thursdays at the moment. So my review of theirs, Uh, they had their debut of the Azteca miniseries this last Thursday. And uh, wasn't good. I was was too generous with my overall rating for that show, I think. And I regret it. Um, That was a five at best. Uh, not a good show. And since the next episode comes from that same set of tapings, I'm not feeling great about that. But we'll find out if maybe... Dude, the main event was a clown fiesta. Partially because there were at least one of those guys who was a literal clown. was Pagano, who wears clown makeup. Psycho Clown was actually in the middle match. He was a guy with a clown mask. Uh, that crowd was dead for the main event. I Mm -hmm. mean, Alexander Hammerstone hit a burning hammer through a plastic garbage can that, of course, resulted in a kickout because wrestling in 2022. (laughs) And that crowd could not have cared less. Like, it was a... That was a... uh, That was a dead, dead crowd. And there's no other way to put that. And I covered WWE SmackDown, so the ongoing saga of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman and their little love triangle and whatever else is going on in the show. Usually the stuff involving Roman is the only thing that's any good, but uh, Seth Rollins will be challenging Roman Reigns for the Universal title. And I was so happy when Seth Rollins moved to Raw because then I didn't have to watch Seth Rollins anymore. And now he's back on my screen, and I kind of hate him.
0: Which reminds me, I need to start advertising that we will be doing a live stream for the entire Royal Rumble event from soup to nuts um when it goes live so who's
2: we out of idle curiosity
0: me and the podsman
2: oh good luck to you though so people
0: other people are threatening to, to to crash at like the nwo and i, I gotta like lock the door
2: <laughs> uh that's one of the few wrestling pay-per-views i will probably watch so if you wind up needing another guy i am available
0: i have chris sheehan and chris bailey i have all the people i need
2: i look i'm not saying please please let me on i'm saying that like, you'd of be those- the only one then well, that's because you know, no, I'm not going to say that mm-hmm. I am saying I given my perpetual on deck status, I'm not out. I am OK, potentially pinch hitting on that one. OK. OK. And if you want to go through everyone else who was enthused to be on the show first. Fair enough. I completely I understand.
0: I don't want anyone else on the show. All right. We got to go, man.
2: And OK, last thing. I host the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast. So if you're interested in mixed martial arts, uh, you can. Cert- you can plug that into whatever podcast you're li- app you're listening to on now, and you can find me over there. We had our first show of 2022 this last week. We had a preview of this week's card, a review of 2021, my summation of Jake Paul successfully trolling Dana White again. <laughs> if you ha- if you haven't seen the last video he put out on Dana, it's I laughed like it actually tickled my funny bone a little bit. Uh, he, he, because Dana White had a, had a tirade video after Jake Paul said, I, you know, Dana White's a Coke user. And his response was, tell you what, Jake, you let me steroid test you for two years and you can cocaine test me for 10 and we'll see who pops first. (laughs) And Jake's response was, I mean, there was a lot of other stuff that Dana White said there. My favorite thing Dana
0: White said through that whole thing is would you shut up and just fight a boxer already?
2: (laughs) He's not wrong, (laughs) but he took the bit where Dana said, I don't like, I don't use cocaine. Mm -hmm. edited out the don't so it just says i use cocaine and then like badly photoshopped a white powder under one of his nostrils and would occasionally have that play over what he's doing he (laughs) says something about dana white and then you just cut to dana white i use cocaine (laughs) uh, dana doesn't understand that he is horribly outgunned when it comes to trying to and it's kind of dana thinks he's still media savvy and The peak of Dana's media savvy was about eight years ago. Everything since then, someone like Jake Paul is just designed to get the better of him (laughs) whenever he engages him in this kind of scenario. So I talked about that and uh, other stuff, a bunch of fights got made. So you get some of my thoughts on that. And Saturday, I will be covering the UFC's event. It's the first event of 2022, UFC on ESPN, uh, 32, 27, something like that. It's headlined by Calvin Cater and Giga Chikadze, which is a great fight. So, if you're interested, the MMA Zone of 411 Mania.com, and you can follow along with my live play by play as that goes along. Uh, see you next week's Scream. Very much looking forward to that. And Witcher later this week. So, all of that will be a good time. I hope you'll all join us. If you want to listen, if you enjoy the shows and want to listen to us do this live, uh, please follow on Facebook or Twitter or Twitch. Uh, follows are free on all of those. Mark promises not to flood your Twitter feed with porn or politics. Well, at least one of them, depending on what day of the week it is. Uh, we're fairly benign on Facebook, so you can like the Rattletch Broadcasting Network or the W2M Network and get notified when we go live over there. Or follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash W2Mnet. Click the follow button. It's a little hearts located in this corner down here and follows are free on twitch so give us a follow and you can interact with us if you do so mark we we are happy to interact with the chat wherever you happen to do so and a lot of good times will be had by all so if you're interested give us a listen we do this live we do this unedited because mark hates editing and now that he started doing it he hates it even more so that's it for us mark i love you thank you, <laughs> oh, I- <laughs> love you too. Yeah 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 that's, that's, that that be should well. be that, that's my cry for help for the evening
0: be well be safe and behave everyone